0: Hey, this is Shayna Mogliff, former Miss USA in Miss December 2001. You're listening to Below the Belt Show.
1: This is Todd Bridges from Different Sharks, and you're listening to Below the Belt Show. What you talking about, y'all?
2: The Below the Belt Show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pimps up. Goes down.
1: here <laughs>
3: don't say that never say that Goonies never say die Wax on black's
1: off <laughs>
4: Yeah, that's right, guys. That's another episode of BTV. Oh, the 12th. is the place to show.com. All over the place, guys. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube. My God, the list goes on and on. And, guys, we got an incredible show for you tonight. Let's go ahead and start by introducing, that's right, he is the man. With the calming presence, he is the Persian prince of pop culture, and he is the one and only. Oh, also the fan favorite who started, who <laughs> opened up his only fan account. <laughs> the one, <laughs> the one and only Mike, the General Zod. What's up, Mike?
2: Oh, I love that only fan joke. Let me tell you,
4: <laughs> <laughs> he has one fan.
2: <laughs> one fan, my only fan. And uh, yeah, I'll spare everyone the usual joke I make about OnlyFans because I've made it like three times on this show now. <laughs> so. <laughs> <it's>, uh... <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's good to be here. Good to be here. I'm rocking the bucket hat, which is a new look for me, but yes. it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good
4: look. It's a good look. You're switching up the uh, the newsboy look. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 You always got to be you always got to be on top of headwear tra- uh, trends. And that's what I'm trying to do here. So. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Really good. Watching the world explode again. Oh. <laughs> and um yeah, so instead we're gonna talk about superheroes and movies and Yes and, <laughs> and everything entertainment. Let's yeah. go ahead and
4: introduce uh joining us, uh bringing her lovely presence back to BTV, model, actress, uh makeup artist, um fashionista. Uh am I missing anything else? She's amazing. Sarah snuffleupagus Bentman. <laughs> it's been a while, Sarah. Uh, welcome been back so to long. BTV. I know we Thank missed you on the you Christmas show because on the Christmas me. show, you got pretty crazy drunk and, uh, <laughs> you know, you did a little Santa striptease for us, but <laughs> I'm sorry, but oh, it's uh, that's what you could do with spiked eggnog. Right. But nonetheless, uh, <laughs> but Sarah, we missed you. <laughs> it wasn't that great. Mike. general's You remember that?
2: I do. Yes, <laughs> that, was a, uh, that was certainly a unique night. <laughs> <laughs> Got to
4: love the Christmas show. Well, you know, hey, we're welcome to drink adult beverages. You're welcome to.
2: Um, remember you know, remember reveal that Reveal as much I, as you want. <laughs> Chachi, Chachi was making fun of me because I kept looking back to the door. <laughs> to <laughs> to see
4: if his wife was coming into the room, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is hysterical. <laughs> that is hysterical <laughs> well guys we have an incredible show uh from top to bottom um and uh i think we have someone else joining us but uh all right well <laughs> while we're waiting for um our um other panelists to join us let's go ahead and talk a little bit of, uh, to sarah aka surah <laughs> um model actress you've been on the cover of this amazing uh what unicorn handbook well, tell us a little bit about this book we can find in barnes and nobles
3: sure yeah so um i shot with uh, steve park he was uh prince's personal photographer for over 10 years um so we we shot the cover of the unicorn handbook and fairy magazine um like back to back and it was such a cool experience and a great series
4: it it's awesome. You look so so lovely in that photo. Um did he,
2: did he tell any cool stories about when he used to shoot for Prince?
3: He he likes to go on like conventions and talk about it. He doesn't really like talk about it, like in person. Like he said mm-hmm. they were really close. Um they used to be like really close friends, but he he doesn't really go into detail.
4: Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. That's just an amazing experience to talk about. But that was a little bit in the past. Do you have any upcoming stuff that you're you're promoting and and uh yeah please tell us about it sarah
3: not nothing too too much i mean i'm I'm working on a med spa now which is pretty interesting um and i'm just kind of modeling for different like laser companies now but nothing nothing too fun or exciting
2: well i'm sorry what kind of companies laser laser
3: yeah it's like um like a cartessa it's like a laser company and they do like the physique so we're working on like Oh,
2: that. Oh, you mean like laser yeah. sculpt, like body sculpting and stuff like yeah. that? Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay.
4: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, I saw your, some of your uh, your reels that you, um, you're you showing how to tighten and firm your your, uh, your 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 belly or any other jiggly parts, right? Is that basically yes. what it's all? T- how does the technology work? I'm curious about so that. It FDM,
3: so it uses EMS technology and SDM. So it kills the fat cells while um, at the same time tightening and toning to create that muscle.
4: Wow, it's really cool. So, what can you say about the results?
3: Um, so far, so far at I, least. I've definitely seen the results. This is like my third session I just completed. Um, it takes two weeks to see the results. Um, but it's it's really cool. I'm a big fan of EMS technology. I, I work out with Personal Twenty with that, and it it really does because I've had horrible health conditions that maybe put everything on pause. So for that, like, low resistance, it's, you know, I can still get the workout in without working too hard. <laughs>
2: wow. What about what about cool sculpting where they, like, kind of freeze it? Have you ever done that, or do you know anything about that?
3: I haven't. I heard that it hurts, and it doesn't really work well, and it only targets a small area.
2: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, that's good to wow. know. I definitely uh, might have to ask you more information about <laughs> oh, <I> the... wanna <laughs> get You want to get it right, get it tight? Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I go to the gym a lot and, yeah. uh, well, the years may be catching up to me. So <laughs> I, uh, would it,
4: would, would it help firm up the boobies or like the vagina or things like that?
3: Uh, Zeke, not, not, not typically that area. We do have okay. like shots for that. Like Other shots? you can get okay. injected and that like dissolves fat.
4: Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and you can use any part of the body.
3: Oh, um, pretty much any part. Okay. Probably not, you know,
4: <laughs> below the belt. Yeah. <laughs> which is the name of our show <laughs> okay so let's go ahead and introduce all right also joining us on the panel just joining us we're happy to have him uh he is definitely a star on the rise with roles in wonder woman 1984 and good lord bird and a couple geez a couple great exciting projects uh that we cannot wait to talk about on Woo-hoo. btb we welcome the one and only Vince Isenson, a.k.a. Vinnie Mack.
5: Vinnie Mack in the house. Thanks for having (laughs) me. Good to be here.
4: Yes. Yeah. Uh, Is this your first time meeting uh, Mike the General Zod and
5: or Sarah Bentman? Both of you. It's nice to meet you. I don't think we've met. Okay. Okay, great. It is a pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. Vince, you've been quite the busy actor lately. Things got busy this week. You know how it is.
4: Yeah, I know, I know. I was on set this week myself. Is there anything we can talk about yet? Um, let's,
5: what can we talk about? Um, I, I have a table read tomorrow for an NBC show. I think I can say that. Wow, a virtual table read on Virtual table read. I've never. I don't think I've ever had one of those for like wow. a real show. So that's kind of cool. Cool. Yeah.
4: This is a major <laughs> network show.
5: Major network, not a major part, but that's okay.
4: But that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> it's great to hear, man.
5: Wow. Thank you. Thank you.
4: Well, we can't wait uh, to talk about that project and another project that I think you'll be able to talk about next month, right?
5: Uh, yeah, yeah. It'll it will have aired by next month. Yeah. Oh, good. Totally. Good.
4: So we could actually have you promoting it prior to its air date, or wait till it's aired then talk.
5: What about airs it airs on March 20th. So. You know, okay, March 20th. It. I- I'll promote it. Why the hell yes, not? You
4: can talk about this the first time. Yeah, I think you can. I think you can. I think it's coming out this season.
5: It's on Why IMDb not? so I can talk about it. Yes. Oh, good. Uh, if you haven't been watching Billions, season six is quite good. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yes. Even though Damon Lewis is gone. I know people are sad about Axe leaving, but I think there's a really good storyline this season. And uh, I will be in the ninth episode on yes. March 20th. Yes. Congratulations, man! This must be uh, just amazing. You, sh- you should be so proud. Thank you so, so much. cool. Yeah, it was a it was a thrill to get to do that. Um, wow! Are you able yeah. to say who your scene partners were in the main cast? Ah, I, I, Pauly G was there. Giamatti was there. Um, yes. I can't. Can I say the other person? Okay. No, I I met four of the main cast members. So four of the ma- main Billions cast fan, members. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's a big date.
4: March twentieth, guys. All right, Vince Isenson, guest host on BTB, please watch him on Billions, guys. And if you if you're not a regular viewer of, of, of Billions, but you do love Believe the Belt Show, support and watch Vince. So we're just happy, Ooh. happy to have you on. Well, this is great, man. So now that we have everybody on the panel, um I was on set this week, as Vince, you know, and a few others, um, for a commercial project. Um which is my second time with this client, so it's pretty exciting, great pay, whatever. And you never really expect your set days to be short. They're, they're usually on the longer end, usually. And that was the case for my first day on set. The second day, not as long as I thought it would be. So I finished a little earlier than intended in Richmond and decided, you know what? Now that I'm not broad- broadcasting B2B on Wednesday, since we're recording on a special day today, I really wanted to see this artist perform. She's amazing. She's beautiful, super talented. Uh, It's just complete pop dance, infectious music, Dua Lipa. Um, And I went to, after a long day in Richmond, drove into DC, (laughs) made it in time, watched this amazing show. um, And it was just great to be in the concert environment again. So, And you know what, it's just one of those things, you know, I thought, well, a cool, a fun topic for the show would be each of us talking about some of our guilty pleasures. So these are things that maybe you wouldn't want, you know, certain friends to know about, or maybe things that are like surprising or shocking to find out, or maybe just complete, just hysterically funny, uh, and you want to share it, Um, it's, um, it could be a TV show. It could be a favorite artist. It could be a hobby. It could be a strange eating habit. Um, and um, I'd like to start with Mike, the general Zod, because I know you got some quirks. You got some yes, things that you like I... but that the other people don't like. Can you think of three Zod?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I think uh, one of the things that I'm most known for on this show could be considered a guilty pleasure. I mean, it's not not exactly high art loving comic books. Even though there's a lot that are very artfully done, and it's certainly a lot more um it's a lot more accepted now than it was like when I was a kid where I actually did have to hide that <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but <clears throat> that's like um I mean most of my most of the stuff I like i mean guilty pleasures is kind of a weird thing where um you know we're kind of like I think we're almost kind of past the point where like anything that people like and anything that people are passionate about, there's a community for it somewhere. And there's also no longer like this kind of like monolithic, um, monolithic like one culture that, you know, the way it used to be like before like the internet or um, you know, where everybody watched the Cosby show or Seinfeld or whatever. So it's kind of hard to, like, really quantify, like, what would be considered a guilty pleasure. I mean, there was a time where I was a super, super hipster, like, music (laughs) snob, and I only listened to indie and punk and, like, you know, acceptable, acceptable intellectual hip-hop or whatever, and, uh, or conscious hip-hop, that's what they used to call it, but... now, it's totally cool to, you know, listen to pop, you know, they, you know, sites like Pitchfork, which used to be, I don't really know how cool they're considered anymore, but they used to be kind of like the the ultimate and like hipster snob shit. They, you know, they're like glowing about like Dua Lipa. They're glowing about Carly Ray Jepsen. They're glowing about albums from all these people that you know, a long time ago, I'd be like, what the fuck? Why would you listen to that? Right. Right. So, you know, that's why guilty pleasure is like a tough thing. I mean, if you want to talk about eating habits, I do have one thing that I like to eat that that always gets puzzled looks from other people. But I swear to you, it's amazing. You take uh, vanilla ice cream and then you take a scoop of vanilla ice cream, you drizzle olive oil on top with like a little bit of uh, like balsamic vinegar and then oh, wow. Just, wow. just a little sweet, sweet, savory a little bit of salt and pepper on top and it is phenomenal everybody looks at me like i'm insane when i do this i think jared leto is down with that that's like his <laughs> secret weapon <laughs> i can imagine that <laughs> but i'm telling you the next time you have some vanilla ice cream try it you will with balsamic it. vinegar wow.
4: So, yeah, I guess that's three, right? Comic <laughs> wow. books, um, just certain music.
1: And okay, here's, a, course... here's
2: another one. Uh, okay. You know, since, like, everyone knows about the comics already, I love the Monkees. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the old band from, like, the, the 60s, and they had, like, a silly TV show. They oh. are amazing. Like, I okay. love okay. the show so much. And their music is so much, is actually, a lot of their music is, like, groundbreaking. And okay. they never got the respect they, they deserved.
4: Okay, very good. Well, those are some great guilty pleasures. Uh, Vinnie
5: Mack, I know you got some guilty pleasures. I know you got some. Yeah, I, you know, I had to thread the needle between what I can say on the air. And yeah, what, I what, know. What, what's I fun, guilty. <laughs> yeah. What's incarcerable and what's actually fun. Um, right. <laughs> okay, well, Mike, Mike got me thinking, because, you know, yeah, you can like any type of music now, but people, I'm just going to say it right off the bat. I love Creed.
1: I oh wow! They, okay,
5: okay, think, okay oh, take yeah. it back. You you can't love anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I think this is great. Oh. There was some. I think it was one hundred point three, or some station recently played like their top song of two thousand one. Yeah. And it was it was some Creed song. Wide open or, I, it, it,
2: no? It can was can one, one of the harder.
5: It was it, one of the harder ones. I think it was one. It was one okay. by Creed. That's like when I went to college. I lo- in high school. I love Creed, man. I'm not like gonna tour the country with them, but I fucking love creed okay, that's so awesome. that's that's one um here's a weird one I really like um like playgrounds, so often when i'm <laughs> is this is are you sure this isn't incarcerable <laughs> well, exactly exactly so. Well, you... You should, I tra- you should add, that you have two young sons. I have two young sons. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I travel a lot. We all do. A lot of DMV people, and sometimes if I'm in a random town where there's like just a park or a playground, I just want to like do some pull-ups or something. And I always, you know, I gotta be careful because I might see somebody walking by giving me looks like, "Who is this creeper?" And uh, you know, they make me feel guilty that I like playgrounds. So <laughs> that's number two. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. And uh, number three is what was oh, I love um, I love like Bobby Flay and Guy Fieri cooking shows. I don't watch them at home, but if I'm out of town or in a hotel, that's all I will watch. It's total trash, but I love it.
4: Sometimes you gotta love trash TV. You got to. And you know, it's it's not only is it you know doesn't require much brain brain cells to watch. You could also multitask and still understand what the fuck's going on. Exactly. How many of us are notorious for looking on their phone while watching TV? So something like that would be perfect. <laughs> right. Sarah Snuffleupagus-Betman, the lovely Sarah. I know you got some and <laughs> pleasures.
3: Oh, my gosh, yes. So those that know me know I can't live without coffee. And I drink coffee in the absolute excess. Like, I drink over eight cups a day, religiously. And I still can't have enough. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. Wow, <laughs> but, eight cups.
3: At least. I carry it with me at all times in my car, at my workplace, like always. I have always instant espresso with me.
2: So when you say eight cups, do you mean those like dainty little cups like they would, or you mean like a big mug?
3: So what I do is I, I have the Biggest travel mug or sometimes a water bottle, but I take my instant espresso and I just kind of dump a whole lot in it and I just kind of like chug that. Usually I fill this much of the bottom of the cup with instant espresso
4: and just add
2: water. <laughs> oh so like, that's so much fun to be around.
1: Yeah.
4: Meanwhile, I thought you were just in the bathroom uh, with a mirror and a straw, but it's just really coffee, right? Nope. That's
3: okay. what gets me going. Okay. Good. <laughs>
4: well, that's one. What else you got?
3: So, um, I grew up kind of like in a religious Christian cult, and we were like into swing dancing and old school music. So I really like 1950s style, like Billie Holiday and like old school, like classic big band music.
4: I love that. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel that's a guilty, but I think that's yeah. really cool. You know, I think that's really it's that's weird. awesome. Actually, interesting. It's, fr- it's okay. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> you feel that's still on a little bit of the quirky side. Okay.
3: Yeah, because I feel like you know nowadays it's just so different from what everyone else is listening to. It's like something you know, like my great grandmother would have like loved. Okay. And I'm like, glassless.
4: I think I know a good one for your third one, Sarah. What is the Ed? The Ed character, the no neck Ed character.
1: Oh my god! Yes, I love no neck
4: Ed. What? What would that be for the listening audience? Ninety Day Fiance. (laughs)
3: Is (laughs) my guilty pleasure.
4: That character is one of the funniest reality show characters you think of, guys. I mean the, the guy literally has no neck. Um and uh he's kind of shaped like um like a big oval, right?
3: You know, like Mr. Pegito man, but <laughs> all in the face.
4: <laughs> and he actually was courting a Filipino woman, wasn't he? Yeah. Did 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 uh did they fall in love or did they uh
3: no, no, he y- offended
4: her quite a bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a lot of memes on this uh, no neck Ed character. Yeah, you got to check, it out. and he does cameos too. Did you see oh, that, Sarah? No. You can hire uh, no neck Ed to say happy birthday, and you know, to wish you oh wish you au revoir to wherever you're moving, and things like that. So those, those are those are very good. Uh, very good Guilty Fires. <laughs> wow. Okay, wow. So,
5: Al, yeah, you're not I, getting off the hook here.
4: I yeah, guess Al? I'm not getting off the hook, man. Um, yeah, I already mentioned Dua Lipa. So I love, I love just some of the top female pop artists, you know? Like Katy Perry, Dua Lipa, who I've seen in concert. I mean, typically, these, these aren't bands that any, like, Average guy is going to say, I'm running to see the show. Fuck, I left another city tired as fuck on zero sleep and went to see a concert of Dua Lipa. I think that tells you something, right? <laughs> so that's obviously a guilty pleasure. There's certain music acts that, of course, you wouldn't maybe really uh, admit uh, to many folks. Uh, I mean, granted, they're cool, but you know, for the average guy admitting that they love. Do Lipa and Katy Perry and Ellie Golding and um, some of these artists I mean maybe be a little bit on the guilty side right
6: <laughs> so, sure. a little guilty
4: yeah that would be one um uh, also um oh, man I've said it on the show before but I'll say it again the Twilight movies <laughs> <laughs> no I know it sounds really uncool for a guy to say do you have a but... favorite though I I enjoyed the Twilight movies. I thought they were great. Um, Rad it
3: specifically.
4: Um, you know what? The final battle of Breaking Dawn Part Two was just so epic and crazy. But I I think the final movie was fantastic. Um, um, and the first one's always you know you know the original film is always good you know adequate, but. Um, and then it kind of slows down a little bit for New Moon and then kind of picks up for Eclipse. And then when you get to that final Breaking down Part 2 and that final battle, it was just insane. So, um, yes. And, of course, Robert Pattinson is now the Batman, which we'll be talking about a
5: little would later. You have, would Twilight fans have predicted that, like, R. Pats would be, like, the biggest star ever and Taylor Lautner would be, like, lucky right. to be on a Hallmark movie? Right.
4: That's precisely what it is. But, yeah, you look at it, Kristen Stewart, Rob Pattinson, they're, they're doing very well for themselves yeah. since the movie. That's for sure. Um, and, uh, Christ, I mean, number three, it's just J. Scott Campbell artwork. Um, J. Scott Campbell has been known to draw some of the sexiest women in comic books. And, uh, and he, his style of, of, of art um, is, like, basically the sexy Disney princess. He goes for kind of like the big eyes, and they're always very curvy, and um, they have very slim waists and big boobs, big butt. I mean, they're just like, it's crazy, but it's basically, and there's this whole line of animation that he does called fairy tale fantasies. So you take your Cinderella's, your Thumbelinas, your uh, little Bo Peep has lost her sheep, <laughs> and he draws them in the most scandalous, risque, sexy way. Ever and i bought i bought some prints um bought some of the books he has art books he's got comic books and then again also he's known for his spider-man and his mary jane and black cats and all that but fairy tale fantasies look it up it's it's good stuff guys it's really good stuff by j scott Campbell. that's my uh third guilty pleasure guys
1: <laughs> I uh, it was you, know, you know an
2: artist you would like a lot if you like j. Stark, j. Scott Campbell. He's an old, I mean, he's like, uh, I don't know how much stuff he does now, but I used to yeah. really love his work. His name's Adam Hughes. He used oh, to. Yeah, d-
4: I like Adam. Adam's good, too. Yeah. He's got Campbell, but he, he's, he's good. I definitely respect the hell out of, a, of, of, a, of a, um, Adam Hughes. So, well, guys, I think this is a great time. We're going to go into some entertainment uh, top 20 style um, also on the program. We're going to present two pre-recorded interviews. There's not going to be a calling guest tonight. Although Vince is pretty famous already. That's that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but we're um, real excited. Um, both myself and Mike the General Zod got to check out Farpoint Con in Hunt Valley. And um, wow, um, we got to c- conduct a great interview with author Timothy Zahn. Now, if you've heard of Grand Admiral Thrawn the Star Wars universe, the high-ranking um general that's um blue face and red eyes alien humanoid type who's a very popular character um we're gonna finally see a live action version by the way in the ahsoka series we talked to the creator and writer of the Thrawn novels and star wars legends timothy zahn so for star wars fans this is big for us Mm -hmm. we're gonna be playing um that um that interview um later in the program also myself and Mike the General Zo got to participate in a panel with actress Maisie Richardson Sellers from DC's Legends of Tomorrow, also known for the Kissing Booth and might be a, that might be a guilty pleasure for some of you guys, the Kissing Booth movies on Netflix. Um, and uh, we get a couple questions uh, in and um, Mike, it's gonna be cool. We're gonna play uh, some of our, our Q and A's from that panel. Mm-hmm. um also here on the program so pretty exciting yeah. here on btv Uh, very, very cool con by the way huh mike
2: absolutely yeah little a little more low-key than a lot of cons tend. yeah but i mean what that gave us was an opportunity to actually get close to you know the people and you know to actually you know actually talk to them and get a good idea as to like, you know, it felt like more intimate and exactly. uh, Yeah.
4: Yeah, totally. You said it perfectly. So, Uh, and of course, Maisie, what a sweetheart. We got to talk to her like, Oh yeah. Quite a bit um, during her, um, her fan meet and greets. And uh, yeah, I kind of pitched the, the movie that, uh, that I'm going to be working behind the scenes on uh, coming up. Starring our boy Lion deck with, but uh, I have her manager Contact so so we'll see. I you know got to throw in that
5: pitch there, you know. But, are you uh, in it or producing or what are you doing?
4: I'm gonna be working on the casting side. I'm helping on the oh, casting side. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, I will not forget my friends. Trust me. As soon as I get those uh mm-hmm. those available breakdowns coming up for sure. Um, but nonetheless, um, yeah, great event. Farpoint Con was a, uh, a lot of fun and. Um, they also do the affiliated um, Shore Leave con. It's coming up a little later this year So anyways Let's go ahead and talk about everything going on In the world of entertainment Since we have some great entertainers Here in studio So here is the entertainment theme It is time for the Hollywood
1: Report
2: That's hot That's, that's off the chain
4: that's right, Benjamin Joel. Good Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> Maryland's own, man. Hollywood sellouts. I mean, they're cool guys. Talk about, bad about them. <laughs> we would have done the same in their position, right? What am I saying? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, top of the box office. Um, this is this past weekend so it's before the big batman movie drops um this weekend but um sony's uncharted um is the number one movie it's identical the last weekend um and of course yes we did not see batman yet in the theaters but uncharted the top spot with an additional 23.3 million again this shows tom holland is like the box office king he was Top of the box office was Spider-Man, and now he's doing with Uncharted, guys. So, And, of course, Channing Tatum's Dog, the number two film. Um, Channing Tatum and uh, dogs. And pe- women love Channing Tatum, and everybody loves dogs. So no surprise there. Uh, can you believe Spider-Man No Way Home is still in the top five? It's been out since, like, Christmas, and it's still in the top five of the, of the box office.
5: I should see it one of these days.
4: <laughs> i think you're overdue vince i think it's it should be at the top of your list death on the nile dropped to 31 percent um to fourth place um this didn't have the strongest marketing and i think because of army hammers like indiscretions that <laughs> film uh didn't get the biggest um support sadly um and fifth is jackass forever that's the top of the box office but Let's talk about number one on my list. That's the Batman, guys. So, um, very great reviews from the critics. So this is really yeah. yeah. Uh, as Bat uh, Matt Reeves delivers a grounded take on the Dark Knight, and what they're calling a film noir, um, which has shades of Seven Zodiac and Chinatown thrown in for good measure. Mm. Okay. Um, also, uh, the Batman's being described. Um, as feeling very old-fashioned that has come all the way to being unique again. So that's cool. It feels like it has more in common with gritty crime mystery like L.A. Confidential or Seven, the movie with Brad Pitt, um, as opposed to like Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, the movie fully embraces its present and not looking forward to what everything might mean five movies down the line. Okay, so overall, very, very uh, positive reviews from the critics. Um, it is a long runtime. We mentioned it's 176 minutes. So uh, I would uh, do the bathroom break prior to uh, watching the film and maybe get the medium soda instead of uh, the large soda, you know, <laughs> if you're going to sit through it and not want to be interrupted in theaters. And it's only in the theaters. Mm -hmm. March 4th, the weekend of March 4th, it's out there. And uh, interestingly enough, they had a big New York premiere. And Matt Reeves couldn't make the premiere because he had actually tested positive for COVID-19. Isn't that crazy? The the director of this film couldn't attend his own premiere because he got COVID? Yeah. 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 Um, He says that he was vaxxed, boosted. And uh still still got COVID, you know. Um but uh that's crazy. That's crazy. Couldn't attend his own premiere, but yes, at the end of the day, if you test positive, please stay away from the crowded theater, please. I mean, come on, it's just common sense, right? Um now um the thing about Batman, they're actually doing something, well at least AMC Theaters is doing, they're putting a slightly higher uh price tag on the ticket um for whatever reason it's more of an experiment they're calling a variable pricing experiment why mm. the batman i guess because it's like the yeah i mean it's gonna be the number one movie in the box yeah. office
5: why not i mean they should honestly I, you yeah know, they've already had that if you if you wait till tuesday afternoon you save some money right and they've already done it for timing so might as well do it for popular films make people yeah. pay a little more if they got to see it right away you know
4: why yeah. not and i think i'll be one of those people right yeah. but you know granted screen actors guild we have a, a way around that that's true <laughs> right does Man, that you actually know, work
5: for like yes it releases? does wow, cinemark wow.
4: theaters i love cinemark theaters oh, they take care of us
5: okay you
4: should know this it's very we'll save you a
5: lot of money every year on movies that's for sure
4: <laughs> <laughs> i just told the world now my secret on uh on how uh, to get free movies? They'll have, find,
5: they'll have to find one of the ten Cinemark cinemas still still in operation. Still in operation, right? Yeah.
4: <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, let's see. So yeah, I mean, I mean, gosh, I hope we won't see World War III, but um, because of the unrest going on in in uh, Ukraine and, and, and Russia and and, and all, everything going on, Hollywood has paused the theatrical release of certain movies, including the batman uh in russia specifically also sonic the hedgehog which was also going to be released and i think they were going to get sonic a little earlier than the u.s um they're skipping russia um, turning red um which is the upcoming disney film animated disney film that movie is getting pulled from russia as well so interesting to know um but yeah, I mean I guess I su- I have to support uh the the studio's decision this, right? You know? I mean, uh
2: Absolutely. I mean, it's I mean, the the biggest uh the biggest problem with the, with this. I mean, yes, you do have to support it, it is absolutely the best uh the best move to um You know, to make this as part of I mean, it's a very tiny part of it, but like uh, with all the other sanctions that they're putting on that have been put on Russia, because I mean, this was a really, really blatant and naked act of aggression that I mean, the, the the biggest shame about this is that something like, you know, keeping them from seeing movies that doesn't hurt Vladimir Putin. Putin couldn't give a fuck what movies are showing in Russia, <laughs> and uh, you know it, it's it's pretty clear he couldn't give a fuck as to uh, how much the ruble's worth or right. any of that, except for like I'm, I'm imagining he lost some money, he and his buddies lost some money on that. But it's um, and if that's,
4: anything, it hurts the the Russians that are against this war. Yes,
2: yes, you yes. know. And the the the, the
4: civilians and, and the good people, you know, right. um, that 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 vehemently oppose what Putin's doing.
2: You know? Yeah, and it's and it's really like you know when you watch the news and it's obviously impossible to escape in any way, shape, or form unless you don't watch the news. The you know it's heartening to see like all these uh, these protests going on continuously, you know, in places like Moscow and St. Petersburg and places like that. Because, uh, yeah, it's not like protesting in the U.S. where, like, you know, you're no matter how much people complain about how their rights are trampled here or whatever, because they have to wear a mask or they have to get vaccinated or what other stupid shit they're going to complain about, you know, there you're actually putting your life in risk by... um, Mm -hmm by being by protesting and people are still doing it and that shows that says something about i mean that's one tiny tiny inspiring sliver lining in this horrible horrible you know situation that's going on and uh yeah, yeah i mean but still i mean i guess you know it's um you know you have to uh you have to, you know, you have to hit Russia in some way, and we can't have an actual war with Russia, which would be absolutely...
4: catastrophic.
2: Yeah. yeah. And this yeah. is the, this so is the only. So take away thing. the
4: Batman, take away the Batman yeah. from those Russians, right no, Yeah, <laughs> the last exactly. straw. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So up uh, upcoming future releases, which may or may not affect Russia, depending on how long the war is, includes uh, Universal Pictures. Renfield. this is the monster movie sent around dracula's sidekick which stars nicholas Holtz from the x-men franchise as renfield um the tortured aide to history's most most narcissistic boss dracula um and nicholas cage will be playing dracula so that's a movie uh to look forward to and maybe the return of 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 nick cage to the big blockbuster genre because He's been kind of in that indie indie territory lately, you know, which is fine. But uh, when's the last time we saw Nicholas Cage in a big blockbuster? Right.
2: In a Ooh. big block. Well, he was in uh, he was in Into the Spider Verse. He played one of the Spider. Okay. Okay. And, yeah.
5: Yeah, was, and some uh, good voice acting. But yeah, where he's actually been on screen in Rain? a blockbuster, it's hard to re- recall actually. Right. Right. People, uh, in fact, Jesse
4: Fresco. Last week said Pig was one of the most underrated movies. so It was one of his favorite movies from last year, but Mm. I hadn't seen it. But yeah, uh,
2: that's still that's still
5: an indie movie. That's still an
4: indie movie. It's not a blockbuster, right?
5: It seems like he does every like three or four years. He does a really good indie to give himself the street cred, and now I guess he's able to cash that in for one more potential blockbuster. Right. Well, I mean, is he still having all those Like, does he still
2: owe as much in back taxes that he used to? Because I I know that was the reason why he was making it. seemed like he was in he was making like 10 movies a year.
4: Yeah. 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 I think that's what Wesley Snipes was doing. He was just pretty much working on anything he can get his hands on.
2: And that's very similar reasons. That's what Bruce Willis is doing, too. Yeah, exactly.
4: Bruce Willis. Won all the Razzies. Uh, in fact, they had his own category, Worst Movie of the Year by Bruce Willis, because he had like six
5: movies that he worst did. Worst Bruce Willis performance in a Bruce Willis movie. Yeah. Although,
2: I, I read something that, I mean, it's it's obviously, I don't think it's confirmed, but I read something a little disturbing about Bruce Willis. Apparently, he's showing signs of like early-onset dementia.
4: Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah.
2: And that may be one of the reasons, like, why he's doing all these to get as much as he can before, like... I
4: didn't hear about that, General Zod,
2: really. Well, I mean, don't take my word for it. It was somebody on Reddit said it. Oh, Reddit. So, I know you love
4: like, Reddit, Gen Zod. You look yeah, at the underground, Underground scoops that may or may not be true.
2: Yeah, but, like, you know, the person claimed <laughs> that he was working on a production... He was on the, in the crew for a production with him, and like you know, Bruce barely had any idea where he was. And they had like he had like an earpiece where they were giving him his lines, and he was just like when they weren't filming, he was just like staring into space. <laughs> and uh, wow. but I don't know. Like I said, that's just some random Reddit rando who. Right. right? So <laughs> I don't know if that's really. Well, I mean, you get
5: you know, I always think about these guys. Like it's basically just turning your career into a nine to five which you know there's nothing wrong with that but it's like i'm an actor people pay me to do this i'll just keep showing up and doing it and there's yeah. no more passion but you're like All right, yeah just, yeah, yeah there's no that, artistry yeah. or anything no. like
2: that
4: that's a good analogy the nine to five like the eric roberts and the, yeah. the dennis reyes uh, which i respect both of them very much sure, but sure. Don't get wrong, but, yes, eric roberts you know. is
2: awesome he's, he's like, awesome
4: he was on below such, the belt show yeah he yes. was
5: Yeah, such Did a fun interview
4: wasn't he great? Yeah. We gotta, ha- we gotta have Eric Roberts back.
5: I would love that dude. I love. I- um, He's fascinating. the last thing on
4: on my number two list, on, on the number two, was the upcoming releases is Haunted Mansion, a new film um, based on the popular Disneyland and Disney World attraction, it just announced will open in theaters March 10th, 2023. That is next year, with Owen Wilson, Rosario Dawson, Lakeith Stanfield, and Danny DeVito. So look out for that one, guys. All right. Um, number three is the Morbius trailer. If anyone got a chance to check that out, um, Morbius hits theaters on April 1st. Gen Zod as the, the big time comic book aficionado here on the show. Are you looking forward to this Morbius film?
2: You know, it's a, uh, uh, it, it's hard to say. I mean, the trailers have looked okay. They haven't yeah. looked amazing, but you know, it's, like Sony, Sony has kind of a mixed bag when it comes to the movies that's come uh, that have come out. At, at least the movies that haven't had Spider-Man in them, like you know the two Venom the Venoms, movies, yeah, yeah, were, eh, they were okay. And hopefully, I mean, like Jared Leto is kind of a kind of an odd bird in that he's done some really really great stuff, like the
4: Dallas Buyers Club,
2: yeah. Dallas, yeah i mean and like you know one of my all-time favorite movies was uh, requiem for a dream that was yes. like kind of early in his career but that was yeah. such a good movie and he did he did such uh he had such a great um uh performance in that and he clearly has like you know he clearly has the talent to do that but then he's also like you know, he was absolute like, the last time he was in a superhero thing, he sucked. He yeah, you're alluding to Joker, Joker
4: in yeah. the first Suicide
2: Squad movie. But
4: I blame the writers on that. I blame I blame the edit for that. Yeah, he me is, too. He's a great
5: actor. Yeah, he is.
4: He's a fantastic actor. I mean, he was actor. great in
5: the trailer. Remember how good he was right? in the trailer? I just
4: really think it was the way it, it should have been
5: better, yeah.
4: But one great thing about the trailer, guys, is that Michael Keaton made an appearance.
5: Yeah. So that
4: ties in his character. As um, as the vulture Adrian Toomes, right um, um, from Spider-Man: Homecoming, um, so that ties in, you know, that movie and his character in
2: the Morbius movie. And, Although that do, that does bring up some questions because yeah, yeah, here's here's me getting all geeky, uh, but uh, so we already know that one though. By yeah, the way. yeah, so. Like, the movie, it's a Sony movie. Supposedly, it's supposed to take place in the Sony Spider-Verse. Yeah. Where, you know, like, in um, the same way Venom did, and they don't, it's not the same as the MCU, like, as we saw in No Way Home, it's not the same as the MCU, which is where the Vulture was introduced. So, like, especially, like, in the trailer, too, they showed a picture of, there's, like, a scene where they show, like, a poster of Spider-Man. And it's the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, not the...
4: Oh, wow.
2: Not the, you know, I mean, at least it looked like it was the costume from, like... Right,
4: right. Okay, GT. the costume. Not necessarily Andrew himself.
2: Not necessarily. Like, I mean, it's just a poster, so... Right. But it's just, like... But, but it...
4: It, it yeah. hints that if they wanted to do another Spider-Man movie in the Sony-verse, they would bring Andrew Garfield back. Right,
2: yourself. right, right. And so... So, like, you know, that brings up uh, so, if that's the Vulture, I mean, I guess it's maybe an alternate reality Vulture from the MCU one, or yeah. or it could be, like, a huge swerve, and he plays a totally different character. <laughs> did they actually say <laughs> that he... They said uh, that
4: he's playing Adrian Toomes. Is that not oh, the okay. Yeah. So, uh, that gets to number four on my list, is another Sony Marvel movie, is Craven the Hunter, mm-hmm. and just uh, announced to join the cast is west side stories ariana DeBossi. um sh- now you you probably know about this character general calypso, calypso? Yeah. yes the voodoo priestess i knew you knew who calypso was yeah uh, who is the on and off lover of Kraven. Mm-hmm. yeah i know. Lion beckwith our buddy was trying to campaign for that role but uh it's going to aaron taylor johnson which again I've said many times in the show I don't like how the, a, an actor from another Marvel movie plays a different character because it just brings it just doesn't make yeah, I don't know it just it just removes the fantasy from it
2: you know well yeah. i mean like i said if it's a different universe it could totally well
4: but we've already seen the universes uh you know collide already so you know what it... i mean so but i see what you're saying <laughs>
2: And this, right. is, this is how I always feel when it comes to, like, um, you know, comic books and superhero movies or any sort of, like, movie yeah. that's based on a big franchise that, like, it doesn't really bother me when they, like, recast or have actors play, different actors play the characters. Because, like, I always saw it the same way, like, uh, when you'd read comic books and they had a different artist drawing a different issue, they draw the characters slightly differently and you know they still kind of look the same but they still look different
4: yeah
1: different I
2: guess
4: art 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 on paper and, and art on the on the screen is i don't know <laughs> i see yeah i see what you're saying though, general side
5: there's a shortage uh, of actors out there so you know we need you. to re- we need to reuse the same people that's, anu-
4: that's another that's another <laughs> <laughs> so many actors i would have killed to be in that character right Vince but yet that's they right. they they pull another actor from an existing character but nonetheless that's another gripe for another time uh, number five on the list is the fantastic beast the secrets of Dumbledore yes for you, Harry Potterverse fans the trailer looks pretty dope but here's a, a gripe that I have they now have a new actor uh, playing uh, Dumbledore and um Ah, oh, man, I just, I'm sorry, they have a new act of redo that, a new actor playing Grindelwald, uh, as Johnny Depp has been canceled, uh, at least by this franchise, uh, the Harry Potter franchise, and um, Grindelwald is now played by Mads Mikkelsen. So the thing was, that he was not found guilty in a court of law for um, domestic abuse, he was just, they just found beyond reasonable doubt that what was said in the papers was um was true was enough. true true enough yeah. was it enough to cancel johnny depp from the fantastic beast franchise though i don't know it, it, it's a it's a tough I, situation i know you want to tread carefully on the subject but you know it's a trilogy you know, it, 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 yeah
5: that's odd that it's...
4: it's 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 just it's just bad timing for a lot of uh, a lot of parties involved yeah. granted no one wants to condone domestic violence but at the same time you know i mean you know having the same that's... actor in a continuing story for me makes the most sense yeah um but I don't know. I, I we'll see what happens. You know, some some people have been able to bounce back from setbacks like this. um Some mm-hmm. actors, maybe not. um We all know that Johnny Depp is an incredible actor. Will he work again? Well, it remains to be seen. What was the last will. thing
5: you yeah.
3: did? I think he did? Isn't he well, in some
5: Japanese movie right now? Yeah. Or, or like, yeah.
4: You're right. Yes. That's one.
3: See, that's the thing. It, right? or are you I acting get, it?
4: That would probably yeah. I think it that the japanese film that's the thing like kevin spacey did his first film in years and it's an italian film so if you're going to international production mm. companies then yes someone that may or may not have been canceled or allegedly canceled can work again No.
5: yeah but or, uh, actually I, I saw that spacey might be in a non-union film out see there you Oklahoma go
4: <laughs> right see?
5: so there's always somewhere to go
4: there's always some way to for i mean you're, you're a big enough name they know there's money And a name like you, you bring names out, even though you have, you know, a bad mark on on your career, a bad chapter in your career. So, Um, All right, number six, we're getting a Beetlejuice sequel, guys. Hmm. Yes, from the, the, yeah, from the Plan B Entertainment um, production company of Brad Pitt. Uh, Both Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder are expected to reprise their roles uh as beetlejuice and lydia Dietz respectively and could film as early as summer 2022 um yeah so that's pretty exciting i think this is overdue i think this is yeah. these this is one of the movies that really deserved a sequel and if i guess it's better late than never right i mean it's an iconic film you know sure um right. i like to see where these characters you know left us you know after all that time um and of course, Michael Keaton—he's just as relevant as ever. I mean, my yeah. gosh,
2: he kind of you know. still looks the same too,
4: <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, he, he you know
2: well, hasn't he? Yes, I mean, he talk
4: has. Talk about his you know, which we getting to in the SAG Awards. We talk about that, but yeah, that is one uh, one film I can get behind for sure.
2: Yeah. He hasn't really done anything comedic or crazy in a long time. So maybe he's uh, maybe he's too too. How
5: does he do he does freaking Birdman? It's kinda like a renaissance. And then yeah. ironically, now he's like forced to play all these superheroes again because he's really <laughs> popular again. <laughs> <laughs> it's an I end the cycle.
4: It's an end of the cycle, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to see him playing Batman again in the Flash movie that we'll be seeing. Uh, number seven. We're gonna see a remake, um, not a sequel, but a remake of White Man Can't Jump. Uh, this is a the 1992 sports comedy. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh my
5: God! So I hope um, it's called White Men Still Can't Jump. Oh, uh, that uh, would
4: be <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a good sequel. <laughs> the thing was is, is that they're calling this one a reboot, so wow. it's not gonna have any could cut continuity of the first oh, okay. film okay so by that it would it would have to be still white men can't jump but yeah. rapper jack harlow will be making his feature film debut in this film hmm. um and he'll be playing the role that woody harrelson portrayed in the original film and uh yeah i mean we, you know i mean it was a it was a classic you know sports comedy you know wesley mm-hmm. snipes you know woody harrelson all right number eight the sag awards let's talk about it um Vince Isenson, you are a member of the Screen Actors Guild, as am I. Um, uh, Let's just talk about some of uh, what we saw, or at least read. (laughs) I don't know if you saw the award, Joe. Which happened last Sunday at the Santa Monica Barker Hangar. And um, I did not uh, get my invite this year. They were limiting attendance due to COVID. I'm a little sad about that. But nonetheless, um, let's just talk about some of the winners um, outstanding performance by a cast and a motion Picture is Coda.
5: Mm-hmm. Wow. Well deserved, I thought. Well deserved.
4: Fantastic film. It was going up against some big ones like House of Gucci, King Richard, Don't Look Up, In Belfast. Um, but yeah, Coda just had that really, really nice, feel-good moment in in a in a picture that that just really just.
5: Just, just brings you a lot of joy, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. It, it was really – I kind of gripe when I see directors not get recognized for movies like that, you know, because if you, if you have the best ensemble, that's usually a sign the director did something right. And um, I know yeah. that director has been completely left out of contention because it's not a big sci-fi or spectacle movie. It's a right. pretty simple movie, but it's really well done and yeah the entire cast is great you've got you know eugenio darbez or whatever like the biggest actor in the history of mexico he's playing a nice, kind of sad well it's funny but it's still kind of a a, kind of a sad role in a way Mm -hmm. and then yeah the whole cast was great 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 film yeah it
2: (sighs) is it is good to see like movies like that get recognized for the exact reason you say like um you know it It always like kind of troubles me a little bit that, um, even though I'm a huge fan of genre stuff, obviously, it troubles right. me a little bit when that's pretty much all that we see. And yeah. especially now that, you know, you know I've got more responsibilities than I used to, like I don't have as much time to see movies the way I used to and uh except
4: for our big superhero movies right yeah yeah yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) i guess so it's uh and like uh so like a lot of times you know we need movies like that to still come out and still be available and still be easy to find and still be easy to see and um these movies also need to you know we gotta make sure that they're supported financially because otherwise it's going to die and as much as i love superheroes i can't just watch superhero movies right uh, you're right
4: it's all about the craft yeah exactly um all right let's talk about outstanding female performance except outstanding performance in a female actor in a leading role Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye one
5: that's, so, that's know, just, just considered it an her, upset. yeah, yeah it, it is upset. I yeah. but on the other hand I had, I happened to see it like the night before voting was due and I think good. That, was the, that was the only performance I saw so I was like all right I'm voting for that but <laughs> it was very good I mean um yeah my wife agreed actually she really liked it it was just I don't know if you guys saw it, but it's a it's a role that could very easily have been parody or camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but she really I thought I don't want to say played it straight, but she honored the role in a way that you actually believed this person instead of you. didn't. She transformed the like it. Yeah, I mean, she did, Tammy, right? Faye Baker, Tammy Faye Baker was such a bizarre,
2: bizarre. Yeah. Person. And uh, yeah, like you were saying, I mean, it could have easily have just been this like total screwball comedy type thing you know? right
4: they didn't go that route
2: and they i guess they they went in the you know i haven't had the chance to see the movie yet and i do plan on seeing it but i guess they went in the route the same route with um that they did with um um and the name is totally escaping me now um the you know the figure skating movie oh, <laughs> oh the i, I-, Tanya? I- yeah yeah i I, tanya
5: that's my girl
4: margot robbie
5: similar yeah you know (laughs) exactly (laughs) that one i tanya you know obviously they broke the fourth wall a little more in that one yeah um i think yeah i kind of expected it to be more like that but it it wasn't actually it was um in a way they played it straight which is weird but it kind of worked um, I have my gripes with the director for reasons we don't need to go into here.
4: Oh, I think it, I know. It, it's not a <laughs> wonderful
5: movie, but she is great. And, and Andrew Garfield's good, too. Oh, yeah.
4: uh, another audition that you could have gotten?
5: <sighs> Let's just say if you watch the movie, you'll see me in the background. That's, that's, oh, that's all okay. I'll say very about good. that. Okay, very nice. Yeah.
4: Okay. All right. Will Smith uh, winning Best Performance by a Male Actor in a Leading Role. Congratulations, Will Smith. This is his first. Uh, sag award win and uh well deserved as the father of the Williams sisters, the tennis stars. So um outstanding performance uh by a female actor in a supporting role is Ariana DeBasse. West Side Story. Yes, that was a
5: Is that worth that it? I was, still haven't seen it. Is it is it great?
4: I thought it was great. It's it's okay. Spielberg. It's it's a musical. I mean it's I didn't finish it though, (laughs) but but what I I suck, you know what I do right before the awards, I watch at least five minutes. If I'm behind, I'll watch five minutes of each movie or show so I can at least vote with some integrity. Well
5: that that's
2: good. That's admirable.
4: Yeah. I like that. And I it went to the yeah. point that I had to watch just a few minutes of the stuff that I hadn't got yet. Yeah.
2: So nice. so do you get to do you choose is it just the first five minutes of all of these movies or <laughs> the is ones, it? Well no, no, the
4: ones that <laughs> I haven't seen when it comes to like the deadline of voting. Yeah. Which was last Friday. Uh-huh. And, you know, being on set and whatever yeah. excuses I can give. If if I can't see the fucking show or the movie in time, I'm gonna try to squeeze in just a few minutes of each one.
5: But you just, just randomly pick where in the movie, or do you always yeah. start at the beginning?
4: I just start at the beginning oh, and okay. just say, okay, I gotta
5: move. Oh, on. okay. Well, oh yeah, you're you're <laughs> gonna you're probably gonna miss some
2: because <laughs> a lot of especially for like like I'll tell you this like I saw Power of the Dog and the first see that's another like, one, yeah but first, the first 15 minutes of that is slow so you would yeah. not like it but it was slow um, burn huh yeah but it it really really yeah it really yeah. really gets a lot better like later yeah. in the movie and so yeah but if, like using your method you would probably think it's pretty terrible
4: <laughs> that's something also to keep in mind. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, supporting role, male actor in a film, Troy Kotzer for Coda. He was really yeah. funny as an acceptance speech. As you know, he's a deaf actor. So he had to, uh, have, you know, his sign language interpreter. Uh, but basically he said, yeah, we're deaf, but we're sexy. I said something along those lines. I thought yeah. was kind of funny. You know, you know, the parents are pretty damn sexy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but he, he seems like a lot of fun. Um, and also stunt uh, ensemble in a motion picture, which they didn't um, have it, uh, that live on the, the awards broadcast. They must have just chose a winner for whatever reason. Oh. The stunts were not mentioned during the awards show. Just, Was it
5: Shang-Chi? That's who I voted for. Um, no, time to die. No, no Time oh, to Die. Oh, which I still yeah.
4: haven't yeah Shang-Chi should have won. Yeah. That's who I voted for. Uh, all right, going on to TV. Um, outstanding performance by an
5: ensemble in a drama, Succession.
4: It's one of your favorite Fair shows, enough. right,
5: Vince? I, you know, I like it. I like it. I, did it yeah. deserve all five DGA nominations? Eh, maybe not. But it is. <laughs> it's it's well done. It's well done. And a, a show that
4: I still have yet to watch, Ted Lasso. Uh, performance by an ensemble in a comedy series. I let my lap Apple TV Plus run out, guys. That's the oh movie. really? Um, <laughs> no, I got. It. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: I'm hey, sorry. If you, if
2: you give me your, your Hulu password, I'll know. Oh, I'll
4: that's you. actually your Grace Morgan Fabulous' Hulu
5: password. So. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's all much. Hey, we're telling everyone we're sharing passwords here. <laughs> all right. <laughs> wow. Pirates, right here. We got <laughs> yes,
5: pirate, <yeah>. yes.
4: <laughs> All right. So I know you're excited <laughs> about this one. Sarah B., Jung Ho Yun, and Lee Jung J both respectively win. Best actors in a drama series for male actor and female actor. This is a, a surprise, really, um, and I'm happy that they won. Um, but um, which is interesting, are they SAG?
5: Yeah, <laughs> I, the thing, I think it's the Korean uh, Union, but for whatever. Yeah, Parasite, reason. same with Parasite. They won best yeah. ensemble, right? Yeah,
4: they're all in the Korean Union. It's not oh, really SAG yeah. after, but I guess I can't really pick on that, right? They, they still did a great job. You know that the series was crazy. It was wild, Sarah. You're a big squid. Not you're good. a big fan of squid, right? Yeah. It, and
1: there was, yes. I
4: mean, I mean, granted, it had some influences of, of the Hunger Games. It was a very, very different show uh, compared to the Hunger Games. It had some elements, but at the end of the day, it was just just crazy. And then, I mean, we didn't see the it's level battle of violence. royale. Yeah, exactly.
3: Classic
4: battle royale. I haven't seen battle royale. Oh, oh that's a,
2: that's a classic. You would like that. Classic. Yeah. Okay, so I mean that's I that's that. that's a lot of what the Hunger Games is based off of.
4: Oh, battle and then so those so that was Japanese. Okay.
2: Yeah.
4: yeah. Interesting. So the whole concept has been um used in different uh countries. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean awesome.
2: Squid Game is yeah, that was um the thing Like, Squid Game, I think, had a lot more, like, kind of social commentary, I think, than, than, you know, Battle Royale or... I mean, I guess The Hunger Games does, too, because it's, you know, dystopian and the dissolution of America and everything. But, um, I mean, Squid Games was was all about, like, uh, you know... I won't say anti-capitalism, but yeah, it is kind of anti-capitalism, which is always fun to watch. <laughs> and,
4: uh, right on. Uh, let's see. A uh, female actor in a comedy series um, is Jean Smart. Wow.
2: She's that's, a that's, treasure. She's an absolute is, treasure.
4: Yeah. So this is for Hacks, which, you know, she did a great job in Mare V Sound. but yeah, uh, apparently Hacks is a great show. I haven't tuned in yet, um, but uh, Yeah, we'll have to check that out. And no surprise that Jason Sudeikis winning Best Actor in a Comedy Series. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's he's won several years in a row, I think, already. Um, Kate Winslet. That's score of one for Kate for Mayor of Easttown, which I've been uh, happy to work work, uh, on that show and uh, have a scene with with Kate. Uh, uh, Granted, I was in the background of the scene that she was doing, but I guess it's... <laughs> but uh, <laughs> outstanding performance uh, in a limited series goes to Kate, um, and Michael Keaton best performance yeah. <clears throat> in a limited series by a male actor. Yes, fantastic, well deserved Michael Keaton for winning that. And Squid Game wins the stunt ensemble. So I actually voted for Cobra Kai. I wanted. I was. I was. I was uh, voting for the dark horse. You know, uh, <laughs> for that one. Uh, but yeah, no, it was pretty, pretty, uh, interesting, uh, SAG awards. I mean, they're saying that, uh, Jessica Chastain was a big surprise and that Lee Jung Jae and Ho Yun, uh, Ho Yun Jung, um, were, were also a, a big surprise as well. Um, but a lot of people thought that, um, some people were snubbed, you know? Uh, but you know what? It's they they say snub, but just just be happy that you were nominated. You know, I think that's still a big distinction. You know, um, yeah, yeah. and if you yeah, and if you're nominated in the actor category but your ensemble wins, just be happy that you're you know, like for ex- Succession, for instance. A lot, a lot of people were scratching their heads, why Squid Game not why not Succession? But you know, overall, as an ensemble, they won. You know, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, and like that Santa Monica bat barker Hangar, which is like an old you know hanger for you know air you know you know for for the rich people's private jets or whatever <laughs> um it's been a a really popular choice for uh award shows and the mtv movie and tv awards will be um will also be there um later this year on june 5th so all right number nine this is just you know some just geek culture stuff that's it's really fun, and it's um, a Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, and it's a two-day experience which plops you into your very own Star Wars story, and it's like a basically an interactive theater exhibition hotel hybrid, the first of its kind, set to open in Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, and guests are fully immersed in the Star Wars story that entire their entire stay, they're in the story, and I think that's so cool.
2: Yeah.
1: I
4: no, going. I, I mean
1: Star we're, gonna, Wars,
2: we're gonna be we're gonna be going there in the plan is we're gonna go there worry. in four years when okay. my son, when my son turns twelve. Okay. Twelfth birthday. And, okay. Um,
4: why why that specific uh, year?
2: Oh, because he was born in 2012, and um, he his birthday is actually December 12th, 2012, <laughs> and so 12 12 12
4: yes uh you know, so we, we've celebrated my dad's birthday on two twenty two twenty two. yeah uh which was kind of uh auspiciously serendipitous you know kind of cool because you know and, and and you know the two 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 you know it's kind of cool you know i mm-hmm. mean eventually in uh what 11 years we're gonna have three thirty three, right but that won't be until 10 11 years from now so
2: yeah. it's kind of cool and- <laughs> I'm sorry, that's three years we're going, not four years,
5: because apparently okay. I can't remember how old my son right. is. Right. <laughs> so, so, so. That's good though. It's good you have that mnemonic device. Right. <laughs> yeah. My kid my two boys are both born on the twenty-fourth. Not the same month, oh. but at least I can remember the day. Okay. So there you go. So that go. makes it a little uh, easier.
4: You, that makes you the father of the year.
5: Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's there's
2: there's enough other reasons why I'll never forget my son's birthday. It's the day after my birthday. <laughs> so okay, right? so Even yeah. more
4: so general Zod <laughs> yeah but this Star Wars experience I mean you can uh, basically do all kinds of stuff like you can like talk to droids you can interact with the, the Star Wars crew you can uh, catch a show um choosing like the resistance their first order um, you could also uh, pilot a ship You can learn the ancient art of wielding a lightsaber. I mean, the list Mm -hmm. goes on and on. Um, And, you know, theme bars. And and basically, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge uh, on steroids, basically, is what you're getting. Yeah. All right. So this is big news for those of you that love the Marvel Netflix shows. Because they're going to end on Netflix.
2: Oh, they already
4: already did. Yeah, exactly. They already ended. But Mm -hmm. Disney Plus will be the new home for those shows, guys. It's interesting because last week we were talking about this, and Jesse Fresco, the hardcore bloodshot, said that there's no way it's a family-owned, you know, streaming platform. Disney Plus. There's no way they would have the Punisher, who's like killing people, you know. But no, Disney Plus wants to expand their content, you know, for more, you know, uh, mature audiences, you know. And mm-hmm. that's these shows: Daredevil, Jessica Jones, The Defenders, The Punisher, Iron Fist least of the least of the shows um, <laughs> but yeah i think that's great that they're it, now the, what's great about this is that everything marvel is gonna be on disney plus
2: hmm. well not quite yet and not until they not bring yeah like, modok and um okay
4: Modoc's on yeah,
2: yeah there's like the hulu shows the like modok and what's the other one hellstorm hellstorm was on but no is one Agents
5: really, of shields on disney plus or does that not just, really count i think it's well, it a good is. question Okay,
2: yeah. Agents of Shield.
4: I know Agent Carter is, and then of course there's also um, Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, there's some freeform shows. Yeah, yeah, I mean
2: all of those shows. I mean, like when you talk about them counting or not, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it, yeah. It's,
5: yeah. it's when it's, the comic it's, book universe becomes bigger than anything. It's like, well, yeah, what do you even count anymore? It's just like, yeah, might as well just be movies. Like, yeah if every other movie is a comic book movie we don't even need the genre anymore yeah you know? pretty That's much like, and they and and the,
2: i think that was one of the big reasons i mean obviously it was a immensely good business decision for disney to do this to uh, when they purchased marvel comics um like 15 or so years ago the um i mean i think one of their oh i guess it was Uh, it was after iron man came out the mcu wasn't part of uh, like disney didn't own the mcu with uh when the first iron man came out but like you know they you know because comic books i don't really know how profitable comic books are i don't know how much money they make i don't i know they don't make nearly as much money as they used to Mm -hmm. and uh so what they saw it as comic books is kind of like an incubator for like you know Intellectual property that they're eventually going to make movies out of. And so, make. do you think
5: like Disney is paying independent comic stores to stay open? Pretty much. Yeah, because whenever I go in one, I'm like, "How are you guys open?". I mean, I'll buy yeah. a few like dollar comics, mm-hmm. but I don't know how they stay open. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, uh, like an individual, like the, an individual. One of my guilty pleasures,
5: I, I guess I help. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Well, well, exactly. like, but, you
2: know, cause back when I was a kid, I used to go every Wednesday, Wednesday was comic book day, go to a right. shop. Like even right. before that's that, true. I'd go to like 7-Elevens and things like that. And they would sell them there. <laughs> they don't sell comic books in, in like Seven Elevens or all. You could only go
4: to the comic book store. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. yeah.
2: And back then comics were like uh, when I graduated from high school and stopped uh, buying them exclusively, um, I think they were like maybe like a buck seventy five each. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nowadays like they're like four or five dollars each right. for the same size of thing. Right. And like <laughs> yeah, there aren't that many. There aren't or that get a prestige
4: many. book for like nine bucks right
2: yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) and it's like you know there aren't that many kids that are you know able to do that like you know the way i used to where like you know i had 10 bucks and i would have five comics i mean seven comics every week yeah is the math right there probably not but (laughs) (laughs) well they know their audience
4: that's why they've been going for for the adult targeting the adult yeah
2: so so so, um, So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like a loss leader so that they can develop all these things and still have a sort of a... And I think that's what's going on with that.
4: Hmm, Good. Uh, Let's see. On Disney+, Plus, which is, uh, in addition to getting all that great uh, Netflix Marvel content, they're they're doing a Santa Claus limited series with Cal Penn just announced on the uh, cast. So Tim Allen
2: will... Is it like a remake of the Santa Claus? It's going to be a series,
4: um, like a sequel series, kind of like Cobra Kai. Okay. Where, where uh, Tim Allen will once again play Santa Claus. And Elizabeth Mitchell will be reprising her role as Scott's wife, Mrs. Claus. And uh, Cal Penn, yeah. Uh, Harold himself. Sorry, no, not Harold. Kumar himself. Riala Kumar, yeah. <laughs> Kumar uh, will be joined. So that's exciting. Um, Number 11. Yeah, we're zipping through this. Uh, Euphoria, HBO's second most watched show since Game of Thrones. Can you believe it? Um, The season finale episode drew 6.6 million viewers. Um, It's a fantastic show, guys. And I have to admit, I am behind. I've been so busy. I am two episodes behind. But I did kind of get a little bit of a spoiler on on the finale of a character that may or may not be dead i saw Uh, that
5: spoiler as well but i won't say yeah yeah, Yeah. i mean it's hard to avoid these things it's
4: hard to avoid but yeah i mean i I intend on watching but how it happens i mean we don't know but it's the kid drug dealer it's it's javon walton and uh um yeah i mean we we don't know uh whether he survived um shootout but uh nonetheless it's it's a crazy show sarah are you watching for i have a feeling you'd love me for you you got you i don't have hbo it. okay <laughs> but i've heard
3: about
4: it it's it's wild it's really like i i mean this is, this is this is happening in today's youth and even like um now i'm looking back and yeah i can relate as as a kid you know like it's it's real life it's totally real life and probably some of the things that you know you know, I guess the studios were afraid to show uh, like drug use and, and, and sex and then and, uh, and just things that, that just happens in real life. You know, it's just wild, it's just crazy, crazy wild. It's um, <laughs> doing really well. Also on HBO, if you're a fan of um, Julia Child, um, Chef Extraordinaire, there's a biopic series called Julia. They just dropped the trailer with British actress Sarah Lancashire, who looks extraordinary like uh Julia child it's pretty crazy um, you know to see that so um, but yeah something you know, that looks you, know really-
2: you know like what makes Julia child so interesting like do you know like her life story
4: um I mean I from the trailer it looked like she was like the, the not the typical because I know you watch cooking shows Vince but she wasn't the typical beauty that would you would want to focus on she's own, no bobby
5: flay sure. that's for Dancer. right
4: so look her look her like a bobby flay right um and they they took a chance and she mm-hmm. became very successful
5: well but you know what she what used, used to do mind. before she was a chef i'm trying to remember from the meryl streep movie what what did she do i can't remember she remember. was
2: she was part of the british secret service she was like one of the one of the first people in mi5 <laughs> and, oh, i didn't um, know that it's yeah cool. during world war Two oh wow whatever that's whatever smart. mi5 whatever became eventually became mi5 whatever it was called during world war ii she was part of that that's what she did oh, wow and, um sweet yeah wow. that's, uh, yeah well, she's like if you if you get the chance you should read up on like well i guess you could see the see this biopic show but yeah, yeah. she's, she's She's a super interesting person.
4: Hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. You going to check it out on HBO Max? Probably. Yeah. Okay, cool. It looked great. Yeah, I mean, uh, very authentic to the period piece of when she first started her show and became a huge success. But I think this is a good time to take – instead of the classic cut, I felt felt like doing the the cool cut, you know, because, you know, something a little more contemporary. I know Chachi loves the classic cut, but nonetheless – um, and with the topic of Guilty Precious, yes, I brought up Dua but yes, I brought up that she's an amazing performer and amazing singer and looks amazing. Um, it's just, I mean, come on, she's amazing, right? So I thought it would be good to just to play one of her tracks from her first album. Of course, her new album, uh, Future Nostalgia, <clears> is just, you know, done amazingly. But her first album should not be overlooked. There's some great, great songs on that. So we're gonna play that classic cut. Um, a couple of uh a's from the panel of Maisie Richardson Seller that myself and Mike General Zod uh was in. And we'll be back right after that. So stay tuned for more BTB.
6: One, don't pick up the phone. You know he's only calling cause he's drunk and alone. Two. Don't let him in, you have to kick him out again free. Don't be his friend, you know you're gonna wake up in his bed in the morning And if you're under him, you ain't getting over him I got no rules, I count him I got no
2: rules, I count him. I got no rules Question for you about your um, experience on Legends I noticed, uh, I know you directed two episodes Um... Tell me about the experience of that, like, did you, uh, I know it's every, they, every actor says they want to direct, but, uh, was, it the, was that the same with you? Like, did you find, like, challenges that you weren't expecting? And, uh, another question, um, do you think you'll ever go back to playing the characters on The CW? Great
0: questions. I, so, it's funny, because I actually started directing, um, when I was 18. The first thing I did at Oxford was a director-to-play. Um, called The Colored Girls Who Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Is Enough by oh, like, Interactive and And that's yeah. a transformative play for me in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so directing director's always with in my heart, but I never thought about directing um, screen because it's so technical. You know, you've got so many things to think about um, beyond just the emotional side of things. Um, and uh, about 2006. So at 17, I went up to the producers on Legends and said, I would really love to direct, what can I do? Um, and so I shadowed, I shadowed a couple of directors. I did the Warner Brothers director's course. I wrote and directed a short film. And I just had to basically prove to them over the course of three years that this was serious. It wasn't something that was just, like you said, a whim and everyone wants to direct. And um, I was the first one to make all these steps and then, and then Katie and Jess were like, Oh, this sounds fun. Can we do it too? Um, and it got to the point when they said yes. And I, and I felt incredibly honoured. And I worked so hard, think like than I've ever worked before, just to prepare for that first episode. Because, you know, you're learning. The show is huge for the budget and for the time scale, It's huge, the amount of VFX, the amount of, you know, stunts, special effects, um, time travel, all these things, and you're up against the clock, so there's not a moment to to waste. Um, I watched all of the previous episodes on silent, which really helped, because if you watch it on silent, you can really see the cuts, how the scenes come together, what shots they're doing without being distracted by the production value. Um, And I recorded all of my favorite moments and these sort of reasons why, because um, the biggest thing you're trying to do is build a shot list So that every single scene you know exactly how you're going to shoot it, how it's going to edit together So that when you're doing a take, you know, oh it's okay that that line doesn't work Because I'm actually going to use that line from this different shot, blah 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 um, So I think the biggest challenge for me, because I love emotion, I love drama, I love acting um, Was the actual the VFX and stunts and figuring out how to make that work um, and, and the first episode I directed, we had you know, like a 50-foot mushroom erupting out of the ground. We had people who levitated into it. We had all kinds of um, Constantine magic um, and things like that. And we were shooting in the forest until 6 a.m. from 5 p.m. to 6 a.m. three nights in a row. It was raining. So it's just knowing how to get your head around situations like that. Um, also, there will always be a time when you perfectly plan out a scene you got it all shot listed, You come to do the rehearsal. The actors walk on, and they say, eh, "I don't think I don't think I would stand there. I don't think I would do it like that. What about if I go over here?" Blah blah. And you have to you have to go there because their idea might be better than yours. You know, you don't know. You can't crush that creativity. And sometimes I did throw it all away and start it started fresh. But because I was so prepared, I was able to do that. I knew how to play in the moment, um, which was really fun.
4: The question is a guilt pleasure that Kissy Booth, how's your experience working on that trilogy, uh, do you like doing the rom-com genre, and um, are you watching Euphoria, your co-star in Euphoria, would you want to be a part of that? I trilogy?
0: haven't watched <laughs> Euphoria, I'm a little bit conflicted about Euphoria because I feel like what I've heard about, I little bits I have seen, it sort of I feel like, I'm not quite sure that it's a safe space that they create for the traumas that they show. I don't really know if it actually is cathartic and therapeutic, or whether it's a little bit... I I don't really feel from where I am, and because of my experiences, I want to be exposed to trauma without being held in some way, and feeling some kind of cathartism from it. So I haven't done it, but maybe I should. I hear it's stunning, I hear their cinematography is amazing, and the acting is great. Um, and Kissing Booth was so much fun, again we went back to Cape Town, filming in Cape Town, pretending it was L.A. Um, and Joey King is just a dream, the actors are fantastic, so that was made a really, really, really good um, experience. I love, I love rom-coms, you know, it's again, it's that kind of, um, idealistic kind of fantasy world, but not, but without the sort of supernatural element, um, And the character was fun, it's just a real feel-good, and luckily that's what it also felt like on set. Awesome. Which
4: one's your favourite? Um, I guess the first one is... is... Yeah, the <laughs> classic one. I like the second one, I think the second one's my favourite.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's good fun.
4: Awesome, thank you.
2: And I'm a little curious about that. I mean, I have a I have a, I have a young daughter, and I want to make sure she grows up with uh, some really great role models to look up to. So I'd like to hear more about, seems like something very suited for her.
0: Yeah, definitely. So it, it came around because, I don't know if many of you know the DC universe, so we all call in Vancouver. Um, so you've got like five of these shows, and uh, we realized there was no space for the, Predominantly the female actresses to get together and just talk, talk about experiences. We realised a lot of us had quite similar grievances um, that were quite different from our male actors. Um, and and I think often women are sort of pitted against each other, especially within like the acting world, which is just so sad and and uh, reductive. So we all came together and we started just having meetings and just talking and sharing and sort of creating a safe space um, to help guide each other or to just just. You know, bent, mm-hmm. and we decided. You know, this is so wonderful. We're getting so much out of this. Why don't we try and take this to a wider level within the fandom as well and open this up? Mm-hmm. Um, so we started at conventions, and we were multiple ones of us at conventions. We do panels, shithority panels, um, and it's basically just a space to uh, celebrate. And it's not just for women. You know, anyone can be a part of it. But it, you know, we just felt that there was not really a space for identifying and non-binary people specifically um, but we're completely open to anyone um, and it's just a space to share space to inspire Um, we have a website where anyone can submit articles and we can discuss those articles they're often very vulnerable very open very honest Um, and it's just about sort of uplifting each other uplifting each other through our own sort of experiences you know what the trials and tribulations we've been through and how that can how we can use those to inspire other people and empower them because um, so often we're told to sort of keep our most intimate stories and most sort of vulnerable moments to ourselves um, when actually they can be such, they're our strength, they're our superpowers um, and I think with what's beautiful about the DC world and the fandom is there's so many amazing people, like you guys are incredible and we learned so much from meeting you guys and so many intimate, wonderful stories that people have shared with us um, so this is a platform for other people to learn from those um, and hopefully build community around it
4: Fantastic. Solid role in uh, The Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, tell us about uh, working in that role, that set, and getting directed by JJ Abrams.
0: Absolutely. So, what was it like? Well, JJ is very unique. And of course, because it was my first time, I didn't realize how you know rare it is until much later. But um, most times when you're on a set, You'll be there on the the set, the actors. The director will come in, you'll block the scene, decide how you're gonna do it, and then he'll go, or she will go away and watch it from a monitor, sort of around the corner, shouts in direction at you. JJ, so it's it's Carrie Fisher and me, my first day, I'm terrified. She's sitting there, I'm sitting here. JJ pulls up a little stool and sits here, and that was how you watched the whole scene. He never left. So the cameras are here on, on, on her and on I, and he's sitting right there, just looking at us, from one to the other, rather than looking at a screen at all. He was just completely present, and he just knew that he'd got it. he give a note from right there. Um, and that was so beautiful. I've never had that again. Um, but it also shows how much confidence he has, that he knows the framing's perfect, he knows, <laughs> he trusts the camera operators. Um, and another thing which was great about J.J. is he wanted to do as little VFX as possible. So the sets, mostly were completely built. So you'd walk into these complete worlds and you see everyone walking around with the actual outfits on rather than, you know, CGIing it all later. Um, and that gives it such a different feel, I think. And it also gives it that you know, any shot on film, it all gives it that kind of more vintage feel. Um, Carrie was amazing. She was the most beautiful, sort of kind spirit. Um, you know, I was I was just a day player at first. Thing, and yet, she made such an effort to make me feel comfortable. She's like, come to my trailer. And I went and hung out with her and her daughter and her dog, and we just chatted. Um, and, and so it was a really yeah. beautiful experience. And JJ like, like, is, like, you know, he's a nerd, he's passionate. And so it was really exciting to feel that energy rather than someone who just wants to get it done for commercial value. Right. That's awesome. In maybe June, July, August, sometime around then, I was writing. I'm writing, working on my first feature, which I'll be directing hopefully by the end of the year. Um, And I started up a production company called Bareface Productions, which is all about uplifting marginalised voices and creatives. So I'm also producing um, a couple of TV shows that have just got in development at the moment. Um, And it's all about just giving the power back to those whose stories are being told. I think one thing I found in the industry uh, was that often experiences that are not homogenous, or that are not sort of conventional, would often get told for us in ways that I don't necessarily relate to or people I spoke to didn't feel was an accurate representan- representation of their experiences. So I'm trying to work with having diverse teams that understand the subject matter of each story from the very beginning, from the creative, the producers, the writers, the directors, um, so that we can maintain the authenticity um, of, of the stories that are being told rather than having them told for us. Uh, so that's what I'm kind of really working on, is building that community and also making sure that those filmmakers, those writers, have access to resources so that they don't have to sacrifice um, their ownership of their stories due to lack of funds um, or lack of contacts. Um, so it, it's kind of, it's a baby that I'm brewing, and, and that is very much close to my heart and I hope that in the next few years we'll start to see those pieces actually reaching the screens.
4: Yeah, do a leap. A new rules. Uh, a music video definitely uh, that got my attention. Let's just say, guys, <laughs> <laughs> everything that do a leap gets my attention. I'm sorry again. Guilty pleasure was the topic this week. And Gen Zod, you have a correction to make. Yeah, I said earlier. I've
2: got to. Uh, I've got to do a little culpa here. Um,
4: oh boy.
2: Apparently, I don't know. I'm not entirely accurate in everything I say, and I don't know every random fact in the world. And I was incorrect about how Julia Child was uh, British. In fact, she's American. And uh, she wasn't in MI5. She was in the OSS, which was the precursor for the CIA back right. in World War II. And, but she was, she was like a lady spy. Which is and oh and she invented shark repellent.
5: <laughs> which is apparently the <laughs> another thing. Which you always carry around with you just in case, right? Exactly. Damn. Exactly. Well,
4: no mea culpa neither. We
5: forgive. I thought it was M I six. Hold on a second. Did M I five become oh, whatever.
2: Well, yeah, I think I think uh, it was in the in World War II, the British uh, intelligence was called MI5, and then it okay. became MI6. I, I don't know why it went up a number, but it did right. for some reason. Because well, <laughs> uh, Tom
5: Cruise needed it too, right? Yeah,
2: exactly.
4: <laughs> All right. Back to the countdown, guys. All right. So number 12 is Netflix. And I'm happy to say that Lindsay Lohan is back, guys. She just signed... Um, two new films on her contract to star in for the streaming service um and um this comes ahead actually of the the holiday movie that she's already going to be doing called falling for christmas which drops on uh uh <laughs> in the hall during the holiday season uh, this year so i'm mean, you know i'm really happy to see Lindsay Lohan back because you know she had uh, a tumultuous uh career uh because of her personal life, you know, she put partying and other things uh in front of her career and looks like she's got her, you know, her career back on track, you know, and back. she's I guess so. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, maybe someone to
5: be taken seriously again, you know? It's kinda of, not to bring Johnny Depp into it, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like I couldn't even remember why she got she didn't get cancelled, but what she didn't happened, get canceled so long.
4: It's just oh, the parting hard, hard had... ways
2: and she had like addiction issues too didn't she
4: yeah Probably. yeah yeah she's had some issues, what, she with she of, like, of issues into like islam
3: too for a while and like was like I seriously she... into like the quran and hijab that really?
4: after that which actually got her a little yeah. bit on the straight path to kind of like do uh... those kind of religious retreats of sort you know to get her career back on track but yeah i don't know i mean <laughs> um, we'll have to wait and see what these films are about but Great for Lindsay. Um, um, all right, so there's something called Human Resources on Netflix. It's a uh, an animated series. Hugh Jackman um, will be voicing Dante, an addiction angel. Interesting, an addiction mm. angel. Um, and Eddie uh, Bryant voices Emmy, the love bug. So uh, <laughs> this drops on Netflix on March 18th. I mean, you know, obviously they're bringing in the big actors to voice these characters i mean i can't believe they got helen mirren to do voiceover work on this hmm. like the dame helen mirren uh is uh a renowned shame wizard rita van swivens that's wild i mean they must have had a hell of a budget for an animated series to get helen mirren to voice helen
2: character. mirren helen mirren does some unexpected stuff sometimes like isn't she yeah, true she... She's gonna be the villain in the Shazam sequel.
4: That's very uh-huh. unexpected. I think people yeah. will see. Yeah.
2: And I don't know if you guys ever saw it was. It used to be on IFC, and I think it's on Netflix. I don't think it's uh, it's being produced anymore. But there was this hilarious, hilarious show called Documentary Now. Yeah. In which. Yeah, in which uh, she was like the host of that show. Like she would start it every. I mean, what that was was they made like parodies of all these like famous documentaries, and yeah. um, I mean it was a s- incredibly funny show. Um, and you know, generally starred Bill Hader and
5: um, wasn't Fred Armisen on it?
2: And Fred Armisen,
5: yeah, yeah. Fred
2: Armisen, yeah, very and, nice. Yeah, I mean, like so she'll. She'll still show up for a paycheck <laughs> Yeah so. Helen
4: Mirren uh, We didn't mention during the, the SAG Awards talk That she uh, received her uh, The Lifetime Achievement Award of uh, hmm. um, During the SAG Awards too So that, that's a good good honor for her mm-hmm. Also on Netflix We're going to see I don't know why the series exists But it's about the last blockbuster And it's <laughs> uh, It's called Blockbuster And uh <laughs> Uh, it's Randall Park and Melissa Famara and it's an ensemble workplace comedy which follows the staff of the last blockbuster video in America
2: Why oh gosh that, yes. that sounds like it'd be fun It's kind of like so? Yeah, oh, it, it kind of such... hits that nostalgia bone and it also yeah. I mean, it's like um, I mean depending on the writing if it's you know if the writing's good then it could be like really really funny
4: David like Caspi the yeah, like the Office. Yeah, it's yeah, David Caspi and Jackie Clark. They are writers and executive producers. Um, it mm-hmm. could have that Office vibe and, and be popular. Sarah, you surprised me when you said you were a fan of the Office. Yes. <laughs> you you watched almost every episode.
3: Oh, the whole thing. Or
4: oh, all all the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you you probably tune in for this blockbuster show. It sounds like something you want to oh, see. Oh heck yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh they just added jb's move from uh oh, uh curvy nice. enthusiasm Kirby, yeah. he, he's gonna be he's gonna be in the show too so that alone is reason to tune in yeah, <laughs> yeah i'd watch it for that he is funny yeah <laughs> all right number 13 <laughs> on the list the stars outlander is getting a prequel series mm. um where matthew roberts will write an executive produce um Yeah, with the popularity uh, of Outlander, I guess it was no surprise. It's actually going to draw on Galbadon's 2013 novella, Virgins, about Jamie's life before Claire, when he and pal Ian Murray were mercenaries in 1740s France. So for you Outlander fans, which I have yet to tune in, anyone an Outlander fan? Yes,
3: I just got into it.
4: You just got it into ladder, Yeah. I did. Oh, cool. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. Uh yeah. So now they're gonna get a prequel. So I guess, yeah, kinda I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know? Um All right, number fourteen on the list is American Crime Story and American Horror Story and Pose will all be on Hulu. So they're gonna be leaving Netflix. Oh wow and yeah, so Netflix is losing some two big properties. They're losing the Marvel shows. And they're um, losing uh, American Crime Story and American Horror Story and Pose. Um, they're all going to go on Hulu now. So, um, yeah. which, uh, you know, I guess, you know, Hulu is, um, I think FX has a, a deal with Hulu.
5: And oh, I that's think, right. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And I think that contract with Netflix ended. I see. So. Yeah i think that's why you're going to see all that stuff there so um now this particular trailer is very looks really awesome i mean granted the story is very tragic but it's called the girl from plainville mm-hmm. it's inspired by the true story of michelle carter's texting suicide where she was texting and encouraging her boyfriend to commit suicide and, oh yeah yes yes so the yeah so the, there's a um a hulu um limited series based on the case and um l fanning uh is starring in it um so uh and then you have uh chloe savanier and and carabono um kay lennox and robert leo butts um are um all in this uh uh, limited series on hulu and yeah that was really sad like it's like not
2: not sarah paulson i thought sarah paulson was in every
5: one of these it's <laughs> uh, <laughs> not an I, American I, horror story, even though it sounds like it would be Amer- or American. Not, it sounds it, like it would be American I, crime story. See. Yeah, I it think she was in. Story. She was in all the seasons yeah. of American Crime Story too. That's but true.
4: This, well, this doesn't fall technically under American Crime Story. It's yeah, just going to be a Hulu happen. series. Yeah. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but the story itself was just crazy. I mean, you know, she wasn't. You know, until they uncovered like the text messages after he committed suicide. And then, you know, obviously it's, you know, what was it, uh accessibility to, to um murder, I guess. Definitely.
2: Yeah. I mean, they made her seem like she was an absolute and utter sociopath. Like, right. you know, the way like how abusive she was to right uh, a friend to drive her drive him to do that and like pretty much cheered him on as he committed suicide. <laughs> God.
4: Yeah. Oof, it's wild, dude. Uh, let's see, Apple TV uh, is number fifteen on the list. All right, almost wrapped here, guys. Uh, the first trailer for We Crashed, new drama limited series starring Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway. Those are two huge names. We we're just talking about Jared Leto, so basically it's uh, based on the podcast We Crashed: The Rise and Fall of WeWork, which tell the story tells the story of WeWork, a commercial real estate company that provides shared workspaces uh, for technology startups. And basically it's the rise and fall of this. And uh, I'm curious to see where they go with this. You know, um, is there enough drama in, in this in this? Uh, it's I saw the story?
5: documentary. It, it was. Yeah. interesting. I'm curious to see this now. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, there's a whole genre now about these like.
2: Well, you know, okay.
5: Basically, people who crash, it's like these greedy, you know, ambitious people who end up. Making a lot of lot making a lot of money, but lie to a lot of people and burn a lot of bridges, and then yeah, this happens. Well, Dope Sick was well it's bad, like the, right? it's kind of yeah, it's it's a little bit less. Than, I mean,
2: the stakes are a little lower than what um, Elizabeth. Yeah, we work is not or oh, the Theranos lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theranos, but it's kind one. of it's kind of in that yes. same vein and in yeah. that same genre. I kind of like that better. I mean there's like I guess there's an element of Schadenfreude there but it's like uh you know cuz it it's fun to watch like these um, smug uh you know these smug tech billionaires like get their comeuppance in these ways <laughs> but it's right. but you know I mean like would you rather that or the ones that have been like totally like lionizing these um You know, these um, startups, you know, like the Social Network did or that like Steve Jobs movie or um, any of those. I think it's kind of or like there was one about the Uber founder that just came out. Yeah, I actually saw the first episode
5: of that. It was pretty good. Super pumped. Yeah. Super pumped. Yeah. I like it. I'll I'll keep watching. But
4: that wasn't a rise and fall. That was just a rise.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Well, we know he's going to fall. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just knowing the story. Yeah. Knowing
4: the story, yeah. So that's exciting, yeah. So that seems like the new kind of thing. Apple TV has a show called Metropolis by Sam Ishmael All right, so, um, I mean, it, it's basically Romeo and Juliet in like a futuristic city.
2: Is it's, it uh, is it based on the original classic movie?
4: Yes, uh, yeah, the original the Metropolis. Lang? It was released 100 years ago in 1927. Wow, you're right. Yeah. So it's the city is divided by wealthy industrialists who rule the high-rise towers Mm -hmm. and the working class that dwell below. And then, yes, you have the son of the city master falls in love with the working class prophet. So you have that Romeo and Juliet love story. Yeah,
2: okay. So it is kind of of like, you know, in that same fritz lang you the fritz lang universe yeah <laughs> or, you, actually,
4: you actually saw that movie from yeah, years yeah. Ago? I did saw you really movie. wow oh, that's wild okay um and speaking of interesting things on apple uh michael douglas will be portraying benjamin frank <laughs> can you believe that in a limited series
5: <laughs> I honestly i thought that was an onion article when i saw it yeah i did not think that was real <laughs>
4: it's a gr- it's called it's based on a book the, a great improvisation franklin france and the birth of america by stacy schiff <laughs> i'll
5: probably watch it why not oh, yeah my I, God. Think,
2: I think i'll be Jesus. watching that too I, you know benjamin franklin's yeah. another guy who's like another historical figures like yeah. a really really fucking cool life and, wow. and yeah you so, guys would
4: have done well with the history trivia Jeez, you, guys, you guys know some good stuff, man. I'm just <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Number sixteen. We're almost done here. Uh, AMC's The Walking Dead. Just a little recaps. This is like that is actually kind of a guilty pleasure because like nobody, everybody like stopped watching around the same time. and I kept watching it. <laughs> but uh, I love The Walking Dead, guys. And and, and Eugene finally got laid, guys. Finally <laughs> admitted on another episode that he was a virgin. And um, it was crazy. But sadly, the woman that slept with him was did it for a reason to get more information about the community. And it turns out that the woman that he wasn't speaking on the radio with is not the Stephanie that he thought. So that was all revealed in the latest episode. Um, and um, it was crazy because first, Stephanie, the fake Stephanie, was missing. And Eugene was frantically trying to find out what happened. Turns out that she was pretty much in um, a group that was um, sadly turned against Eugene. Um, and uh, because of that, you know, it, it took, you know, um, uh, Eugene in a very, very dark place. I mean, it was super depressed. I mean, talk about acting, man josh mcdermott who plays um eugene that's some of the best acting i've seen in the walking dead is is the acting that he did in this episode he was brilliant man really 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 good um but uh yeah well, you know I, it was a fun episode it was a little slower uh than the first two episodes of part two you know but uh at the end of the episode we got that big reveal that um the real Stephanie, who Eugene was talking to on the radio, is the assistant of Pamela Milton, and that's Max. So we still have to find out whether Max is a real name or if she's really Stephanie. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, it was it was a fun episode, just basically forwarding that storyline. All right, number 17, um, over on Peacock, the video game Twisted Metal with Anthony Mackie. Um, they just announced will be on Peacock. So it's a live action comedy series based on the PlayStation game series. Um and interestingly enough, yeah, I mean I think it's worth a look. I mean it's it's you know the winner what's a uh, Falcon, uh you know, the new Captain America, you know. Uh I never played the Twisted Metal game on PlayStation. I don't know if either of you guys
5: did, but uh I think I uh, did. I think I did, did you play yeah. Twisted Metal? Okay. I yeah. Okay. I mean this was ages ago.
4: Right, right. So basically um, an outsider is offered a chance of a better life only if he can successfully deliver a mysterious package across a post-apocalyptic wasteland.
1: Um,
2: that's so. a story. That's a story that's been done to death in yes. so many things. But yeah, I vaguely, that was the game where it had like a clown in like an ice cream truck, wasn't right. it? Is that the one? <laughs> that
4: sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, well, uh, Mackie will play uh, John Doe. Um, a milkman Uh, okay (laughs) with no memory of his past gets a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make his wish of finding a community come true only if he can survive a bunch of vehicular vehicular combat an onslaught of vehicular combat so
2: yeah i mean it's a i mean it's a very well-worn trope but right I mean, if it works it works i mean anthony mackie's usually pretty good so um yeah
4: i'll tune in yeah um this resort show sounds a little bit more fun um it's kristen miliotti from the good place and william jackson um and it's a comedy thriller on peacock called the resorts where a couple plays uh where a couple Celebrates their uh, 10th anniversary on the Mexico's Mayan Riviera and they become embroiled in an unsolved mystery from 15 years ago. All right. So um, pretty cool. Pretty cool plot. Um, And they're filming in Puerto Rico. Yes. Sweet. Yes. So check it out. All right. So this is something I'm very excited about as an entourage fan on HBO. Long time entourage fan. Um, the crew is getting back together, sort of. So it's um, Doug Ellen is the mind behind Entourage, but it's a new series called Ramble On. It's going to be Kevin Connolly, Kevin Dillon, and Jamie Lynn Sigler, and frequent guest star Mark Cuban. And it's a scripted dramedy series where Charlie Sheen, Kevin Connolly, and Kevin Dillon stars themselves. Wow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess I just missed that charlie, charlie sheen. sheen oh yeah well. He's in the cast yeah <laughs> okay uh also Kamiko glenn anna ortiz emmanuel shiroqui and martin sheen uh, interesting is all, they're all gonna be in this uh scripted dramedy series and doug sets an idea that's been spinning in his head for years <laughs> seeing it come to life and i'm excited you know this is uh you know uh
5: if I don't think we need of... Mark Cuban pretending to act, but other than that, yes, I'm down yes. for it.
4: <laughs> Were you an Entourage fan back in the day? Maybe? Oh yeah,
5: I love Entourage. Oh, wasn't oh, yeah. it great, man? Yes. that's
4: why. That's what made me want to become an actor. Are no kidding? Is, well, yeah, cause, yeah. well, it really well wanted me to succeed in Hollywood. Like okay. I always, I mean, yeah, I've always, but it really wanted me to really do well because of seeing all, well, all the the fruits of his labor. <laughs> I mean, he was getting laid uh, like every night, yeah, yeah. different women. He was partying <laughs> with celebrities and you know, porn stars and. Living that's with how women. it is. That's
1: <laughs> how it is when you're
4: an actor. <laughs> it was great. It was, I know that's how it's an actor, right? As yeah. we sit at home on our podcast, you that's know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm way. You know, um, it starts. Um, um actually, just uh. It's already been in production and it's going to wrap uh, wrap up this month in LA. So I guess they're they're waiting to announce a network. It hasn't uh, been quite announced yet. So all right, number nineteen, SNL. Uh, yeah, they usually open up with the comedy skit, right? You know, live for New York it's Saturday night. They did because of what's going on in Ukraine, and uh, they decided to do uh, a performance of the Ukrainian chorus of New York. And so they opened with that instead. So I mm-hmm. thought that was something different, you know. Um, um, you know, during this very, very uh, dire time that uh, hopefully will be resolved sooner than later. Um, and then John Mulaney hosted, and he joins the five timers club of hosting SNL five times. Um, so um,
2: that was a really like, that was a fun episode. I really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I
4: think, you know they, they they come up with some strong uh strong skits. They come up with some really lame ones mixed in with the really good ones. But uh, they
2: yeah. had a they had a really really random and weird skit in uh, that episode that I think it's the first time that I'd seen a reference to this specific thing like since I was a kid. You guys remember um, a show on Nickelodeon called You Can't Do That on Television?
5: I think so that that sounds familiar
2: there was this like I mean it was on in like the 80s um, like pretty much the entire decade of the 80s but it's like I think it started in like 1981 or something and ended in 1990 and um, it was um, it was basically like a kid's sketch comedy show and mm-hmm. it's where they originated stuff like um, when you'd say I don't know they would drop like green slime on you
4: yeah. Okay.
2: And uh, they had an entire. S- well, Sarah
4: uh, had green slime poured on her, but it was for a photo shoot, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 i get you in trouble. <laughs> weird, weird stuff. I mean, hey, you know, it makes for cool artistic photos, doesn't it?
3: Uh, it, it was something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to say, I don't know? no no (laughs) (laughs)
4: she just had to look cute that's all (laughs) all right number 20 this is it uh kanye west shared a very disturbing music video on instagram that showed him or rather claymation version of him burying ex-wife's kim kardashian's current boyfriend pete davidson um and basically the video shows a hooded figure dragging a tied up figure resembling Pete, who he calls skate, to a grave, burying him up to his head, then sprinkles rosebud seeds on the burial spot and returns to trim uh the, the roses and um yeah it's pretty crazy. Um basically he says we have in the best divorce. If we ever go to court, we'll go to court together. Matter of fact, pick up your sis. We'll go to courts together. Non-custodial dad. I bought the house next door. What you think the point of being really rich is for? God save me from that crash. Just so I can beat Pete Davidson's ass. Boom. And uh oh, yeah, okay.
5: speaking uh, of obscure sketches, who would have thought that a freaking magic carpet ride sketch on SNL would really lead to all of this? All of this. Yeah. He's He's it's got insane. some mental
4: issues. I, I don't see what, on, that, like, what
5: what is the line between when is that illegal? Like when I is it like
4: illegal when you're you're literally
5: threatening somebody's life? Threat. Yeah, that's that's starting to be I mean, they did
4: offense. that when uh, Kathy uh Griffin held up that uh bust of trump you know the 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 you know the fake decapitated head of trump and secret service was on her ass you know so i mean it's it's pretty disturbing you know i I would be pretty scared and i think uh i think yeah i think (laughs) if i were pete
5: davidson i I might have dropped kim by now because i'm just not sure it's It's just
4: trouble
1: man it's trouble
5: (laughs) kanye kanye has been making a lot of
2: like question yeah. decisions. I mean I guess he has for a while, but yeah, like right. I, you know you know the whole deal with his his album, his like latest album that came out. What about it? Okay, so it is um it is only available to be purchased on uh this very very specific music player called the STEM player And it's like pretty much like this, um, it looks like this like rock in your hand (laughs) with like these like uh, lights that come out of it. It's like this like glob, it's about the size of your your um, your palm and it doesn't have like uh, supposedly the way this works is that like, you know, when you play it, you can also mix tracks while you're doing it, except there's no screen for it. So you can't like really control what you're, you know, the even though it's supposed to be, like, a four-track player and you can, like, mix it the the way that you would, like, producing any song. And it's also, like, $300 to, to buy this thing. And, and that's, I mean, unless you... Because it, it, his new album isn't available on any streaming service. It's not available... Um, you can't buy it as like a, like a in vinyl or, as, right, or digital you know, download. Still, it, right. I don't know who still buys CDs, but, or as a CD or anything like that. And that is literally the only way to get this album. Wow. And it's, it's on, it's on top of what, like I read a review of like a, almost completely unusable music player that like only has, it only has like, Three gigs of data space, so even if you wanted to put more music on it, there really isn't much you can put on. Right?
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) And and it's just such a. So is it good? Have you heard
5: it? So nobody's heard it.
2: Yeah, no. pretty much. I mean, I'm assuming, like, you could probably see it. I mean, you could probably see the songs on YouTube, maybe. I don't know. I right. don't even know. I mean, obviously, he released this video with Pete Davidson, and that's one right. of his new songs. So, it's right. like... Uh,
3: and his series on Netflix, too. Oh, out. that's
2: right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, okay. Oh. Yeah. It's like a documentary yeah.
3: of, like, how he got started.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he screened one of the, one of those uh episodes that was it is it a film or a series? It's a series. Series, okay. I, I believe he's the pilot was shot at was was uh was part of Sundance during its uh hmm. run, but um nonetheless, I mean, I don't know. He's 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 very troubled, man, and uh yeah. Pete, you better be careful, but you know, like basically Kim is uh, now legally single. Yeah. So, I mean, she she's not tied to kanye in any way but the opposite is um cal drogo himself jason momoa apparently got back together with uh lisa lisa, Marie- Bonet.
5: lisa Bonet, yeah
4: yeah yeah so and of course lisa Bonet, uh her daughter is uh a catwoman in the new batman so you have to check that out um oh my god crazy. that's her daughter oh yeah lenny kravitz and oh. uh I know, right? Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz's daughter, Zoe Kravitz. Oh,
5: mm-hmm.
2: Wow. Yep. Okay. Well, Even she not... definitely looks like her mother.
5: And I just picture Lisa Bonet permanently being whatever age she was in. She has a different age. world. Like or in, she hasn't
4: aged. You look at pictures yeah. of Lisa Bonet; she looks amazing.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's why, yeah. that's why Jason Momoa is with her. I guess so, yeah. Jason Momoa is, like, roundly considered, like, one of the sexiest men in the world. And yeah. And he wants to be with her. So, yeah. yeah There's lots of reasons for that.
4: I guess so. What do you think of Jason Momoa, Sarah? Are you a fan? Yeah.
3: I mean, I think he's a great actor.
4: Yeah? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I guess... Uh, yeah, good 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 for good for Aquaman, you know. <laughs> Getting back, saving the family there. All right, so um, you know, so that's it. You know, of course we have rest in peace shout outs. Um speaking of which, um Bob Odenkirk had a recent interview on Howard Stern and he was um thanking someone on that interview that saved his life essentially. Um, the health officer of Better Call Saul, administered CPR. For 12 minutes before grabbing a defibrillator, and three attempts on the defibrillator got his heart beating again. So um, yeah, so he really thanks um, Rosa, the um, onset health officer, for saving his life. So thank God, Bob Odenkirk is still with us. My God, that would have just been been so unsettling uh, had he not um, survived that. But um, we did lose a, some big names in the industry uh, this week. Sally Kellerman, um, nominated uh, star of film and television, uh, best known for her role in MASH Mm -hmm. um, as Hot Lips, Major Margaret Hot Lips Houlihan, was a beauty back in the day, Um, sadly she had passed away. Um, Also, Ned Eisenberg, an actor best known for Law & Order SVU, Uh, Clint Eastwood's Million Dollar Baby, had sadly passed away after battling cancer at 65, kirk bailey actor best known for his uh role as a camp counselor kevin lee on uh, the nickelodeon you mentioned in general nickelodeon uh sitcom salute your shorts um sadly he was also battling cancer and, and passed away uh at the age of 59
2: i remember uh, that show you remember, remember that salute Your Shorts"? Yeah. yeah i don't remember i guess he was the main counselor i, I know exactly who that is huh yep
4: yeah yeah 59 it's bad and farah fork who played pilot alex lambert and steven weber's love interest in the nbc
2: sitcom wings oh my god i didn't know she died wow She's only 54
4: 54 yeah. and she passed away at her home in texas
2: um, i went through i went through a period in college where wings was always on like during this one short time where i didn't have classes uh-huh. It was always on the USA Network. And I remember I was, I was home, like, making lunch or something. Yeah. So every fucking day I watched Wings. And I watched the entire run of that show. Christ, and Christ, wow. And, um,
4: so you remember her. I never watched yeah. it. But it's <laughs>
2: that's
4: sad. Yeah, it's sad that she passed away. Um, she's been in Lois and Clark, The New mm-hmm. Adventures of Superman. Oh, she voiced Big Barda on DC animated series Batman Beyond. And Justice League Unlimited.
2: Yeah. Big, I mean, that's a favorite character of mine. So, I know. Yeah. You,
4: you love those Amazon women, don't you?
2: I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the ones
4: you can climb a Climb on top of, right? <laughs> I think I know your fetish now. Zod. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ralph on who played fan favorite uh, actor from New Girl. Remember Zoe Deschanel's... Uh, sitcom on Fox sadly died away. He was ninety-five. Yeah. Um he he's a, a man of very few words. He was the friend and grandfather figure of Nick Miller's. Um the Nick Miller character played by Jake Johnson. Um and Jane Marzuski, known as Nightbirdie, um, died um after a four year battle of cancer. Um she was known um For her work on America's Got Talent. And won the Golden Buzzer. Um, Sad that she had passed away. Phenomenal singer. And definitely a very big loss. And of course with death, We celebrate life for happy birthday shout outs. Which uh, includes George Miller. Of Mad Max fame. 77 today. Miranda Richardson is 64. Um, Tone Loke is 56. Julie Bowen, a Modern Family, is 52. Uh, David Faustino, Maryville Ch- Children's, 48. Jessica Beale is 40, and Camilla Cabello, a Fifth Harmony, and now doing her own thing. Actually, she's that was a good career move, leaving that group. <laughs> she's doing a lot better. Uh, she's 25. Happy birthday to Camilla! So, <laughs> wow, this is a cool show, guys. Wow, we got it, we got it all done, and. Uh, um of course uh we like to uh leave this last few minutes for any last minute plugs. Any got anybody got something to promote? I know Sarah, you're a social media uh influencer of sorts now, right? Could we call you social them? media influencer? Check you out on Sarah Gabriella, right? On Instagram? Yes. Yes. What What do you what's
5: media? your influence, Sarah? What do you do? <laughs>
3: um I used to act model, it's pretty much it.
4: Okay, cool. you to,
3: used to. I'm still here and there.
4: Okay, all right, all right that's better. That's better. <laughs> Sarah's on the cover of the Unicorn Handbook on at Barnes and Noble's. You can find on Barnes wow. and Noble's. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Sweet. And, and to see more, uh, check out her Instagram. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Scroll to the very bottom for the the, the crazier pics, right? Sexier pics. <laughs>
3: No, i pretty much, they're pretty much all gone. I'm, I'm leading towards a more conservative route.
4: Oh, okay. So you're, are you rebranding your, your modeling? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. You think, you,
2: uh, you think there's more of a, more of a future, like I guess it kind of like gets you a broader, um, you know, like a lot more kinds of jobs. Is that why you're doing that? Or
3: Yes. I, I think that and just like, I don't know. It's just throughout that I see like myself going in towards more.
4: Oh. Wow. Cool. But but in the meantime, we follow you on Instagram and uh everything. And Sarah Snufflovic is so I'm so glad that you joined us on B2B. It's been a minute. I know, yeah. it's been forever. I know, I know. And what a great panel. Um Vince Isenson. Um wow, he is uh the co star king. <laughs> Can I call you the co star king? It's better. Hey, it's better. It's better than calling you elitist uh, redacted, right? <laughs> can, can we talk about that before we end the show? It's kind of fun. That's right? a good
5: thing to end on. Yeah, let, let's. I'm an elitist prick. Can I say prick? an elitist <laughs> redacted? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I made a post on a message board <laughs> for a certain Facebook group, and I said maybe it's time to rename this group. Non paying jobs and promotions (laughs) because that's all that was in this group, and then I was most people liked that, but a few people shredded me as an elitist, uh, capitalist bastard. (laughs) All I care about (laughs) is money, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's me.
4: But you know, you bring up a very, very valid point that needs to be heard that when there's anytime there's an indie level production, they always think of the crew paying the crew first and the actors later or, or never
5: yeah. or never it's and, when is, and when, i think there needs oh. to be a
4: change there needs to be a
5: change on that there does and not just for because actors need should be paid something too but also because yeah your film's gonna suck i mean it's just the bottom line if you don't yeah. know how to raise a little stipend for actors yes what thank prayer, you. what prayer do you have of creating a good quality finished product it's just it's thank not gonna you. happen it's not gonna happen mm-hmm. Yep, or call it copy-credited
4: meals. Yeah. <laughs> That's another one. I might have got a few laughs. <laughs> you know, Sarah, I know that you spent a lot of time in the modeling world doing time for print or non-paying gigs. Was yes. It worth it? Was it worth it? Most of the time,
3: no. S- sometimes, okay. yes.
2: Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a i mean that's a uh that's a huge huge thing within like all creative industries is right. it's kind of a scam where they say oh we're gonna pay you in visibility or exposure. <laughs> exposure exposure bucks
5: here's 20 exposure right. bucks for you. yeah right. <laughs>
2: and you're like yeah exposure doesn't really buy me food yeah. <laughs> and, uh, right.
4: but yeah this really ruffled the feathers of the i guess he was the moderator of the group
5: right I don't saying, know. Who, somebody you know. You know what's not, one yeah. of
2: the funny things about you being called an elitist is that <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't really make any sense as an insult because if you were truly an elitist, you'd be above such crass exactly. things. Funny.
5: Exactly. And like uh,
2: <laughs>
5: because I want to pay my bills on time, I'm an elitist. Uh, okay. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, I can give you a billion
4: reasons why you don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> that's a little uh, pun to the upcoming. Can I say Vince Eisenson from Billions? I mean, that's
2: yeah, crazy. You can say that's that. That's really, really. Dangerous.
4: Wow. I'm just so bad. That's just <laughs> cool. amazing, man. Oh, thank you.
2: Where do they, where do they, where do they film Billions? It. Is it in New York?
5: or? It's in New York. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I do, you know, I, I'm local to New York now. Or I have to say that because. You need you, to. Be. You ever? You, you think you're. To. You think you're gonna move up there, or are
2: you gonna stay around here?
5: I'm. I'm thinking about it more than I used to. You know, I. I there's the work, a lot of work there. The work, up there. The work is calling. Work yeah. yeah. You could. Uh, well, you, you could.
2: Do, yeah. You could do the
4: multiple city thing. You know.
5: I'd like to, because that's the truth about Mid Atlantic. You know, we can work everywhere, if right. you're willing to drive.
2: Yeah. If you're
4: willing to make it happen, so wow, well, that, that's awesome, man. That's
2: a long drive down to Atlanta, for example. That's <laughs> true. That is yeah.
4: True. But March twentieth, Vince Isacson in Showtimes, and General Azad, I know you've been taking a lot of improv classes.
2: Yeah, yeah, I that's, think that's really I, awesome. I guess that's the one thing I can plug. I'm the the crass non-creative on the uh, that's usually on the show. And
4: you are creative though.
2: <laughs> I guess I am. It's just yeah. Uh, the uh, yeah the uh, the improv has been going well. We have a showcase in a couple couple weeks and uh,
4: still limited audience though right
2: yeah yeah okay. well
4: when you have a show that you can invite friends let me know i'm happy to support actually
2: they did they did just lift some of the restrictions i guess with the mass mandate no longer yeah. in play well, the, we well, don't have... one
4: reason i do want to see it's cuz i want to know i want to see what it's all about i want to see this uh baltimore
5: improv group and see okay you know, oh you're with big okay is yeah. mike Harris yeah. still with them um he used to no, I think I he founded it or he co-founded it. Yeah, maybe.
2: there's a, there was all sorts of, uh, Uh-oh, he drama? was, yeah, there was all sorts of like behind the scenes drama. Like I only started doing the big stuff last summer. So, and I think he was gone before I got there. Uh-huh. And, but there was like, there's all sorts of like, apparently there was a huge, huge, um, um, I guess, like, implosion... Not, not implosion, like, civil war within, like, oh, the big structure where... Oh, wow. Like, um, they, they brought in some, like, executive director who was from New York, and... He was um, apparently paying himself, he granted himself this enormous, like, outsized salary for <laughs> it's essentially like a, uh, <laughs> a non-profit. And then he was and then their creative director was caught, like, tweeting racist stuff, which oh, is really oh bad for something like big in which oh. you know, people there are people of color. <laughs> oh, boy. It's yeah. yeah.
4: That that's definitely
2: But yeah. all of that all of that was resolved before I got there. So okay, I have, okay. But that's like you didn't, you didn't
4: bring in the controversy with you. No, no. Okay. Well Zod, I'm I'm glad that you're you're um maybe maybe it's time to put you in on front of camera.
2: I I'd be I'd be okay with that. Hey, you said <laughs> you're casting a movie, right?
4: <laughs>
1: we'll there talk. you go.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I can't like promise you I have like any talent or ability. <laughs>
5: can you cry in command right now Let, let's see you cry
2: <laughs> <laughs> i can do the silent cry there
5: you go you're hired
4: <laughs> very good Zod. that's awesome Zod. all right guys <laughs> well we're ending tonight's uh below the belt show and an on location interview that i conducted with timothy zahn the writer of the thrawn novels Mm -hmm. One of the like the newest popular characters in the Star Wars universe is Grand Admiral Thrawn. We saw this name mentioned in the Mandalorian season two. Now, when Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka Tano asked her enemy when they had that you know that face off, "Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn?" and I talked to the creator of Thrawn. Pretty awesome. Uh, Will the creator of, of Thrawn, Timothy Zahn? Have any influence in the upcoming Ahsoka series or anything involving Thrawn? We'll find out in this interview, so this is really ah, exciting. I missed
2: an opportunity to ask uh, Timothy Zahn. I didn't you, realize you it. had
4: a question that you didn't. Throw
2: no, out? no, no. I didn't realize this before, but I knew his yeah. name was familiar from something else. He wrote uh, a Star Lord comic too. Ah, that would have been
4: that would have been uh, nice to throw out as well. But.
2: Yeah, and it's but that was a while ago. And yeah. It, Way before like he was like you know Chris Pratt MCU Star Lord this is like the original right. one so uh, ah yeah, well missed opportunity
4: maybe the maybe the next time so ending yeah. tonight's show with Timothy Zahn's inter uh, interview that we did at the Farpoint Convention farpointcon.com, dot com official website on behalf of Mike the General Zod Vince hey. Isenson Sarah Snuffleupagus (laughs) Bentman. So happy that you joined us. We will see you guys next week. Until then, peace.
2: Peace. Adios.
4: Right, we're here with author extraordinaire Timothy Zahn, best known for some of his amazing works in the Star Wars universe. Timothy, thanks for talking to us here on Below the Belt Show. No problem. All right. Thanks for having me. Uh, Absolutely. So, the whole Star Wars universe is so excited to finally see a live-action Thrawn yes. uh, that's going to be appearing, I, which I think, the Ahsoka series. When, when, that's when, the assumption. That's yeah. assumption, yes. So when you heard that, were you immediately uh, tickled pink? Like, or, or were you basically saying, okay, I cannot wait? Uh, are we going to be adapting some of the
6: f- uh, of your Thrawn book? Well, I think tickled blue is probably a chist, yes. more of a chist. Yes, thing yes, than pink. Yes,
4: thing. yes, yes, of course. Um,
6: <laughs> I have no idea what they've got planned. Um, Lucasfilm and Disney are very tight-lipped. Lucasfilm is paranoid about stuff leaking out. Disney is worse, from what I've heard. But what I I do know is that Filoni is drawing things together. We've mentioned Thrawn in uh, uh, The Mandalorian. We know that that's the time period of the Thrawn trilogy. The end of Bad Batch introduced Mount Tantus. So I don't know what exactly he's got in mind, but it's Felloni; it's going to be good. Wow. And Favreau. Do you have a preference of which of your Thrawn stories gets adapted? I don't know if they're going to do any kind of a straight adaptation or whether they're going to pick and choose. Uh, remember, the Thrawn trilogy is legend at this point. So you could tweak any of the story, this is what really happened, but the legends say this is what happened. So you could veer from the stories okay. without eliminating them, Hello. if you know what I mean. Yes, it's, yes. Uh, it's like the, the legend of Robin Hood has gone through various and sundry changes over the centuries. Yes. Uh, Filoni could do something like that as well. So... Uh, what they're planning, we don't know. All okay. we know is you don't drop a name like Thrawn and then not follow through. Right. <laughs> so um, we'll we'll see what happens. Wow, that is amazing. So, um, so just to uh, for
4: the record, you did create uh, Thrawn. Yes. Uh, tell us uh, the, uh, the creative process behind creating such a character, and with a name like Thrawn, which which rhymes with your name Zahn, it was Thrawn. there was any
6: tie in for that as well? No. <laughs> okay. Short answer. Um, I wanted to do something with the Thrawn trilogy that felt like Star Wars, but wasn't what George had already done. So, No Death Star, no Super Weapon, no Vader, no Emperor. Uh, I settled on a a villain or an antagonist who could lead by loyalty, because the troops will fight for him if he's in the room with them or not. to be lo- someone of troops to be loyal to, tactical, strategic genius, they know they're likely to win the battle, mm-hmm. doesn't get ego involved in a battle to where he's wasting the troops for nothing, pull out, pick another time and place, uh, various things of that sort. Uh, because the Emperor doesn't seem to have very, very many non humans in his upper echelons, make him a non human. Right. That um- underlines that he's very impressive if he gets to be a Grand Admiral. As for the name, when I started the creative process, I toyed with the idea of having him a little neurotic, being the only non-human in the upper ranks, dropped that idea pretty quickly, made all that neurosis with uh, Joris Sabaoth instead. But I would already picked the name, which is Scottish, for twisted, Thrawn. Uh That's where that came from. I still like the name. And having grown up in the era of the Manfmunkle with yes. the enemy of Thrush, the THR combination always intrigued me. So Thrawn, Twisted, it's got that THR. So uh, that's where it came from. Oh. And is Thrawn one of the
4: only few characters from the Legends series that got, got brought over into the Star Wars canon?
6: The Witches of Dathomir, I think, were a Dave uh, uh, Wolverton creation for Courtship of Princess Leia. Those showed up in The Clone Wars. Okay. Nice. Uh, I think Dark Empire comic was the first to have the double-bladed lightsaber where it's adapted for Darth Maul. So uh, there's a long history of Lucasfilm picking things out of of the uh, expanded universe and then legends, as Marvel's been doing for you know, 20, 30 movies now. Sure. They've got this all these comics to draw on. This character, this storyline, this character. We can meld them together and make something new out of it that'll yes. be be good to watch. Uh, Lucasfilm has done some of that as well. So um, those are the three things I know have been pulled out of canon. The witches, uh, the, the, the double-blade labor, saber, and then uh, Thrawn. I'm sure there are others I'm... I'm blanking on or others that are in the works for the future that's still amazing, now do you have a particular actor that you would love to see play the live action version of Thrawn I I see characters in terms of personality and Mm -hmm. attitude not face or voice You, you get Thrawn's global awareness being five steps ahead of everybody else and, I w- and if the actor can do that, he can play Thrawn. The, 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 the face structure is not mm-hmm. that important. Uh, at the moment, the current rumor is that Lars Mickelson, who did the voice in Rebels, That's right. is the front-runner. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. He's an excellent actor in his own right, not just a voice actor. I'd always kind of wanted to see Jeremy Irons do a screen test, thinking back to him yes. in Die Hard with a Vengeance, the yeah. manip- master manipulation the calm, cool yeah. person. And others have been named, uh, recommended Jason Isaacs, John Hamm, Benedict Cumberbatch. Great, great and options. Fans have been looking at this for years. Um, I don't know, again, if they can capture the attitude. They, they've captured Thrawn. Awesome. The question then is writing for him, to write the character correctly. And again, Filoni... In rebel showed he understands Thrawn can write for him. Mm-hmm. As long as he's in charge, I think we'll be good. Do you see Thrawn as um, a CG character or a practical effects character? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, he'll be live action. I'm yes. sure. I don't. There's no reason why you you can't just have keep the actor.
4: face blue and you're good, right?
6: And the uh, the eyes can either be contact lenses yes. or just uh, CG after the fact. Yeah. Um. Lots of ways of doing this. Uh, I, there's no reason to do CG yeah, for him in, for in live a live tonight. action. It, it's not like an Asalamir or Ruch might have to be if you brought him in. Right. Uh, but if they can do Ahsoka as live action, you can certainly do Thrawn.
4: Have, you, have they reached out for you for uh, consulting or even co-writing
6: or even directing? I have, I have mentioned many times I'm available and I get crickets back. So I would love to be involved at this point. Uh, Nobody's asking me But they know where to find me They know where to find Timothy Zahn, guys If you're a
4: Star Wars fan You know you have to look For his books And and read his books Grand Admiral Thrawn The man behind it Timothy Zahn Thank you so much And if you could Let us know who you are
6: And you're on Below the Belt And whatever you want to do. On Below the Belt Below the Belt Okay Hi, this is Timothy Zahn Author of Thrawn You're listening to Below the Belt Show